Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What Are You Doing, Movie? Go ahead and pop in your DVD or Blu-ray of The Last Action Hero. If you have a DVD or Blu-ray of Last Action Hero, play, because, you know, it's it's unlikely that you do. But if you do, press play. Yeah, and press pause. Right when the Columbia logo fades to black. At the first frame you perceive of all black, press pause. And in a second, I'll say 3, 2, 1, unpause. At which point, I'll press play, you'll press play, and watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary. Except, of course, with four friends in your head. Uh, your friends this week are myself, as always, Teague Christie. Brian William Finnifter's back, everybody. Greetings. Hello. Michael first, uh, Scott. <laughs> Hello. And Trey the Amazing Stokes. I didn't know Brian was gone. Well, I missed the, the what are you doing movie. Oh, the inaugural. Uh, the inaugural episode. That's right. That was you who work. wasn't here. He's here for Last Action I thought it was me. Thanks, Trey. I, I thought I was. I don't even remember that we did that. Anyway, uh, so Last Action Hero, I think I'm the only person in this room who has the rest of the world's opinion of Last Action Hero. But this movie is kind of a mess, and I can see how it was going to be good at some point. I can see an excellent rewrite making this movie totally work. It's just that this movie is a total mess that has just like 19 different kinds of problems. And the biggest one for me was tone. Uh, It kind of goes all over the place, which is want to happen if your movie has been thrown through like the rock polisher by nine different people. And you're just kind of, you know, keeping a thing here, a thing there. And it, it was apparently just this huge mess of a production, which was next to fatal for John McTiernan. But the movie that came out is kind of falling apart at the seams. But there's a lot of ideas. Uh, I can't say it had a lot of good ideas. But <laughs> you there were say some. the same thing about Hitler. Exactly. Like, uh, someone, say what you will. He had some good ideas. I'm just saying someone should have encouraged Last Action Hero back when it was still in art school. Uh, Brian, what about you? Uh, I had completely missed this when it came out as a kid. Like I missed this for the entirety of my childhood. Only found it um, at some point in adulthood and college maybe. But I liked it. And I don't think I had seen it since. Uh, and I only... Rewatched it this morning to do this, and I, I like it more than I dislike it, uh, which is a f- phrase that I have come up with uh, to describe <laughs> my feelings about the new uh, Star Trek movie. Trademark uh, that. Yeah, there is a lot of great stuff, and it's it's just not, it's just not sewn together right. Like coming apart at the seams. The seams is the right analogy. I don't think it's coming apart at it so much, just that it hasn't. You been, can see the seams too clearly. See, exactly, yeah. you can see the seams, and it hasn't been knitted together as one piece quite quite enough. If this had had a little more time, uh, another couple of revisions, more time in the edit room, and uh, yeah, yeah, anything more than eight months, exactly. Yeah. It, if it had the actual time, um, yeah, apparently it was literally like they had a month to do all of post on this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so, really, really insane. It was, it was supposedly ten months from green light to release. Yeah, which is uh, insane for a movie like this. So if if that hadn't been the reality, and there had been more time to actually sew up the seams a little bit more, I think this could have been. Something and knowing that reality, I'm, I'm willing to give it a lot more leeway for its its flaws. Mike, what about you? Uh, I I did grow up with this movie, and I grew up with some 80s action movies. Although I, I somehow managed to miss a lot of the the big ones like Lethal Weapon and stuff. I've remedied that since, but I, I still thought it was awesome and hilarious, and and totally got um, that it was. Well, I just thought it was fun, and then and then years later revisiting it, I'm like, oh, it's like a satire of these kinds <laughs> of movies. That makes it even better. Like you said, I think it's a, a tonal thing, and it's also what people maybe brought to it in a sense because it's like it's not it's not quite satirical enough, but it's, 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 al- it's got, but it's, it's got- also too satirical to be serious. And the the its internal rules, what it's kind of trying to send up. Is it's Tropic Thunder? Of, it's totally Tropic Thunder. It's the same it's thing. It's very, well, it's it's very broken. It's trying to do a lot of stuff, and and again, given uh, the the article we found, which is in our um, uh, on our forum, 
um, someone linked to it. I don't remember who. Sorry, I'll look it up. So I it's in the release thread. Just yeah. go. It's it's a really fascinating story, and it's it's amazing that this movie is as coherent as it is. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not a perfect movie, but there's a lot of good stuff in here. I think it's very funny. I like a, a lot of the humor about the the. Um, you know the kind of action movie world that that he lives in. I like a lot of the uh, the one liners um, are actually very funny and and um, so I just rewatching it. I I just enjoyed it all over again. I I see obviously the problems a lot more clearly than I used to, but um, but I I agree with Brian. I like this movie a lot more than I dislike it. Trey, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's it's a tone issue and it's it's. It just didn't have any time to get edited. That's 30, all. Yeah, 30, and, and there's some choices there that I, I would disagree with that, uh, you know, again, could have been removed in editing or, you know, just not uh, not used. Um, and we'll touch on those, the ones that I think where it, it misses the mark um, because it, it, it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a shape. It doesn't have the, uh, you know, it's not refined is, is a large part of it because of the, the rushness of it and the multiple hands and so on. But um, being, you know, being someone who was there at the time in context, I didn't actually see this movie in the theaters, just like I didn't see Jurassic Park in the theaters, because this, this also is the movie that was, you know, crushed by Jurassic Park. Um, and cause they came out at the same time within like a week or two of each other. A lot of movies, basically <laughs> any movie that wasn't successful in 93, you read the article yeah, about, was, and all the ones we're doing this weekend Park. are 93, by the way. Yeah. And all of them blame Jurassic Park. <laughs> exactly. Just as, Hey, you know, Starship Troopers and then Titanic. So see ya. Um, so I was I was out of the country when that whole summer, so I didn't see any of these movies in the theater. Um, and the one that I caught up to sooner, I think, was was uh, this one. Um, Jurassic Park was like dinosaurs, you know. But uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and John McTiernan doing a spoof of action movies, I have got to see that. <laughs> That's got to be awesome. Yeah, written and by Shane Black. Written by Shane Black, exactly. So you would think, my God, this is this is like you know the dream team. And as the Empire Magazine talks about, maybe that wasn't so much the dream team, which we could talk about, but. Um, so, but yeah, it's hit and miss. It's, it's, there's a lot of stuff in it I love. There's lines in it that I still quote to this day. It was my introduction to Charles Dance. Um, every time I see Charles Dance from now on, to me, he's not Tywin Lannister. He's the guy from, he's the guy from Last Action Hero who's now doing a new TV show. Absolutely. Me too. Uh, this, he, he just, he's really kind of the breakout of this movie is, uh, at least Charles Dance really. See, I, I completely misremembered that it was, uh, Mike McKean. Instead of Charles Stance. So rewatching it this morning and realizing it was Tywin Lannister was, especially since there is no Game of Thrones tonight, yeah. it was amazing. That's right. it, it's, so it's actually really, I was, I was really thrilled by that because I thought he, I always thought he was so great in this movie and then he just vanished. Then no, like, he's, so he's, no, he works all the time. He's an alien three. Oh. He's the doctor in Alien 3. Oh. He bones Ripley. I forgot about that. Well, man. who doesn't? I hadn't seen him. Well, the, the the next time I saw him was Tywin Lannister. I'm like, hey, you. Uh, hey. Yeah, he's been around a while. Back. So it's uh, I, I again it's there's sections of it that I really think are are where it nails it and then there are others there are some sections where I I uh, you know skip ahead a little bit and uh, get to the next good part um, it's it's not a it's not a complete success um, but I admire it. I, I admire it mostly for the the attempt yeah um, I admire it for like you know this especially the way Schwarzenegger spoofed himself which was new this was that was a brand new thing the him and him and Maria Shriver going at it is hysterical to me. When she's giving him shit for plugging Planet Hollywood, that's the that's the pinnacle of of the meta moment of the of the whole movie for me, right? Because that's the moment where in him making fun of himself is like because he always played like the you know the dumb the muscle band action hero, and then he plays this role where you're like, oh, he must be he must actually be pretty smart <laughs> to yeah. be able to pull. He has off. to have some level of self awareness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. So if you're at the point where the Columbia logo has faded to black, <laughs> as we are here, put your finger on the button. Three, two, one. Unpause, and we're in. 
We are in. Mike. And this this movie doesn't even have its own credits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now this opening yeah. shot is crazy and super cool, and this uh, this whole sequence is a lot of fun. And and of course it's Christmas. Of yes. course it's <laughs> always Christmas. <laughs> right. That's that's a Lethal Weapon trope, and and, and Die Hard. And you know, seventeen thousand. Lethal Weapon and Die Hard and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and now Iron Man Three. Oh, Kiss Kiss Bang it, Bang is not being spoofed here. <laughs> no, no. But I mean, Shane Black is just. Shane yeah, Black, it, Shane Black a, loves to fuck up Christmas. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, now, Shane Black was not the original author of this. He did not come up with this. That's right. Zach Penn and his then writing partner, uh, Adam Leff or whatever his name is, um, totally came up with the pitch, sold it, but they were newbie screenwriters. And so the studio immediately said, you know who should write this? Shane Black. Boom. You're out. And uh, so Zach Penn, he, gets, he ended up with only a story credit on his own movie that he conceived. Yeah. And Shane it's, Black eventually got kicked out. And then William Goldman came in for a second. For, okay. William Goldman was in, it for, was in for a month. And yeah. got a million dollars. A million dollars. Yes. Oh, wow. And he's responsible for, among other things, Mr. Glass Eye. And yeah. you can totally tell. I think you can totally tell that that's Mr. Goldman's edition. And he's, he's like he's like stepped out of a Goldman script into this movie. Yeah. And, you know, that's also... As if by some magic technique. Yes. Yeah. When there's things in a movie that are, you know, you call, this is my opinion, but there are things in this movie that are, like, massively good. And there's also, like, a tremendous amount of movie in here that doesn't really feel good at all. And the the distinction between them is so clear and so weird. Like, the Glass Eye character is from a different movie entirely. Uh, he doesn't, like, fit in the tone of this at all. And he's also the best part of the movie. He's right. also just amazingly good. Well, I lo- I, no, he they, does, they, he they does fit. It, he they, does I think fit in. in part, and I think in part that's what, one of the things that's, that's great about him it, it i i feel like that almost works to the movie's advantage because he's the one he's the one character who is able to go wait a second i'm in a movie yeah, <laughs> and yeah. like understands and is able to rise above where he's at and and get the bigger picture well that too is a is a lethal weapony shane blackie trope where the bad guy isn't is, really the bad guy the lieutenant is the real bad guy uh, Gary Busey from Lethal Weapon is badder than the actual big bad in Lethal Weapon right. and, and the same the same trope applies here it's like you killed the bad guy before the lieutenant because the lieutenant is actually the really dangerous one so yeah. <laughs> so Charles Dance is, is I think he's in Tina Turner for no particular reason hi um, because that's what you do in the because movie. yeah you just uh, why not sure um, and, so, uh, and some prescient little foreshadowing to his future political career. Yeah, there's some there's some weird things here, and you know, and it's, oh, it's all, more in demolition. I was, I was, yeah, yeah, blew me away. It's also a little strange to see him and Maria arguing. You know, I was thinking, yeah, I'm doing the math. Like, I guess the kid was about five or right around this time. So uh, yeah. Anyway, um, backstory. So so I mean, Lethal Weapon is extremely dark, and this is extremely dark. It's when this it's when this goes too lighthearted is when the the tone gets missed. Um, it goes into farce, and a sometimes lot. it gets it gets ridiculous. I mean, I think the the, the real tonal shifts are the, the cartoon cat and the yeah. because those aren't action movie tropes; those are tropes yeah. from different genres. And most so of the, the police station too. Yeah, it's that's really Pretty extreme. Much everything in the police station that's it's, it's just going into farce. Where it's trying to yeah. be well, where it's trying to be too self referential. Yeah, that's where the movie actually it's, breaks. it's in jokes, but it's not it's not trope. Yeah. Trope, trope jokes. The, the police station almost has a feel of like a hub of every possible. Yes, police it's like movie. the nexus. Yeah. yeah, it's like the movie nexus. Well, that's and it. then they branch out. They go on their their job, which is their particular genre of movie. But then there's the cartoon. Cat. Right. Well, that's it. that's exactly it. It's like it, okay, do they live in? Or did he, did he go into yeah. an action movie, or did he go into he, a window of all? He's the in action. movie yeah, world. It's right. like once you get there, you start yeah. to. It's it's uh, See, like we've talked about with the, this, this is a world where movie New York gets destroyed every week exactly. and a half. But it's confusing because that that undercuts the 
the third act where suddenly movies do start to cross over. Right. So, yeah. so I mean, suddenly it would have been, I think it would have been a smarter choice to have the cartoon cat show up and even Jack Slater goes, what the hell is going on right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, because, you know, that's not part of his world. That's from another movie genre. There's, and, and have the cartoon cat show up and, and go, what and, are you people doing? And what, what the hell is this world? Yeah. And then also have the cartoon cat jump out into the real world and have the cartoon cat <laughs> defeat death from Ingmar Bergman. There you go. Movie. That's good. Movie. I just want a uh, quick uh, shout out to... That's um, the Cabin in the Woods ending. Yeah, exactly. And that is amazing. <laughs> to, uh, and someone should remake this movie so they can do that. Uh, uh, Noonan, Tom, Tom Noonan, who yeah. was also the bad guy in Robocop 2... Um, you know, I, I digitally animated him, uh, his head. Oh. But uh, this is interesting to us because he's, he's, you know, you see him as himself later in the movie where he's another one of those, we talked about this in another movie, he's like Clarence Boddicker from RoboCop. He's this guy who should be playing accountants and they cast right. him as a bad guy and he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's 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 a bad, he's also the bad guy in Manhunter, the original Hannibal Lecter movie. Wow. Um, he's, he's, he's scary as all hell in Manhunter. He's a completely insane I think he's scarier in that than he is in this and he's no slouch in this one no he's really great in this uh, and I was astonished because I, I didn't recognize him through the makeup so when he, he walks out on the red carpet later I'm like holy shit it's that guy <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I agree I think he's doing a really great John Malkovich impression right here he totally is before, he's also, before we knew who John Malkovich was <laughs> yeah. he's doing his damn hardest not to have yes this is a giant mouthpiece and it's weird for my lips to be yes, around I, I can't even yeah. close my face there was like, an unfortunate choice thing. of angle where you could totally see like the plastic up against the roof of his mouth but yeah. no it's a movie Actually, what the, what the, like. That's true. One of the things about this movie is you never know. It's like a Tarantino movie. It's like, are you mocking a bad movie or being a bad movie right now? <laughs> right. Because you know that's been there. That's been their disclaimer. It's like, oh, if you can see the wire, that's because you can see the wire in those movies, and we totally meant that. You know, right. It's like, well, yeah, but that's kind of your get out of jail free card for anything you screw up if you want to play that game, which is genius. Yeah. Uh, although I will say, and I'm, I'll, I'll point out a couple that really struck me. This is uh, early digital composite. Which yeah. the, the apparently that's a, that's a second version. The the previous version got even closer to his face, and the director went, "Nobody's going to believe that." <laughs> Which is funny because yeah. you look at because this movie is supposed to be like a super over the top like spoof of of action movies. Nowadays, you look at that, you're like, "Whatever." Like yeah. they, they they do a slow mo. They get in close on like the one hair that gets like right. bing as the, the, the axe goes by. Yeah. yeah. Now, what do you guys think about this kid? I it's it's exactly what Trey was just saying in terms of like I don't know if you're doing this badly on purpose or <laughs> yeah. if this is you're just doing it badly. He's still around. He's still he's grown up and still working. He's still an actor. His name uh, is Felicia Day now. Yeah, yeah. I believe uh, I believe it was Shane, in that in that article. Yeah, again, somebody somebody Shane doesn't like Black, him. Yes, it was Shane Black or somebody said it was that, Shane Black that yeah. the uh, the casting of this kid was one of the great misfires of Western culture. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. So yeah. I don't think he's that bad. <laughs> this, this from the guy who wrote the last Boy Scout. Yeah, but. yeah. I, I mean, he's he's not good, but I can't tell if he's he's so not good in exactly the right way yeah. that I don't know if they're it, doing it on purpose. I, I, I always, yeah, I, 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 I watch it again. I'm yeah. like, I think it almost works. It really yeah. does. I think that's the that, that's part of it. Is you know, he's a kid from the real world, not from an action movie. So you know, he, right. he should be <laughs> he should be more grounded. He's, yeah, he's very over the top. And yeah. um, what's crazy is I I just can't I'm trying to tell. think of a contemporary kid who would have been the right choice. You know. Oh, it's either, either now I, or at the time. Might uh, come up with something, but uh, when Shia was a baby on Even Stevens, at that point he could have pulled uh, this role Shia, off. Yeah, young Shia, because yeah, young Shia was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, this guy right here, by the way, I don't know. It's I've Bob ever... Prosky. Uh, Bob Prosky comes from Washington D.C. He was a big, big wheel at what, what the heaven in D.C. called the Arena Stage, which is a, a, a theater in the round. Oh, cool! And I first saw him when I was like mid-teens in a show called The Dibook. 
Really? Um, and On I, stage? Ever, yeah. He started as a stage actor in D.C. And, uh, and so every time I see him in a movie, it's, hey, it's Bob Prosky. Yeah, I've only ever DC. seen him. In, I think I've only ever seen him in one other movie. He played the like owner of the TV studio in Mrs. Doubtfire that Robin Williams works at. Yeah, and he like impresses him by being Robin Williams in his face a little bit, and then he gets the job. Basically, in every movie, Robin Williams is Robin Williams plus sad. And it was just you know he got to be Robin Williams in that guy's face, and he gave him a job. Uh, but that's the and they had a cool scene where he just kept pouring scotch down Robin Williams' mouth, which you know yeah. oddly trenchant. But uh, I love him in both of them, and he totally fucking owns. Everything that he does here, he's really good. I mean, he was he was he was one of the like you know he was the actor in the local stage actor in DC whose name you knew. Bob Prosky is in right. in the front page. They did the front page. Oh my god, he was great in the front page. Got to go see Bob Prosky in the front page. So then he started to do movies, and it was like oh, you know, so for me it was like good, good, good for him. Right now here's 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 a in joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is anyone, a, anyone, anyone. This is she's this she's is a Shakespearean actress herself. Not only and that, Olivier's, 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 Olivier's widow. Olivier's widow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She was married to Olivia. Yeah, yeah. Wow, Joan so. Plowright. She's a famous famous actress of her own. Yeah, which by I the way, Clash from Titans is amazing and a classic. And how dare you poo poo it, madam? Thank you. <laughs> I said good I do, day. I did. I do like the way that she's like. Of all the things I have to reference, yeah, it's like yeah, that's, <laughs> right. It's a, it's a, and that's even better when it's, his, when it's his when <laughs> it's his actual it's like, wife. That's the thing he did to fix the washer. Yeah, <laughs> he was pretty old then, and yeah, well, what are you yeah. gonna do? Yeah. So, uh, so this is, I, I think this, uh, the, the Hamlet, Hamlet action hero bit works. I think that this is one of the, this is one of the, the bits of shtick that lands, I think. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm missing. Because uh, it's the kid, because it's a fantasy element. I mean, it's not, this is the kid's fantasy. So yeah. I buy it as that. It's not trying to be, you know, later when this real movie world. So. Yeah, this is just. It's trying him. to be a setup to say that he really does live his whole life in his head and in movies, and he just lives and breathes the movie world because he doesn't like his life. I guess. Well, and this, well, sort of that, but but also just, yeah, this is this is the way he thinks of that movie should be. It's like he doesn't yeah. think of of characters or emotion or anything like that. He's just like just the guy throws the guy out the window and stuff like that, and then he runs into, you know, he sees. He sees the scenes, basically, once he starts living in the movie, he starts seeing the scenes that you don't normally see with Jack Slater going home to a sad little apartment and then coming out and having an existential crisis and stuff. And he's like, oh, this is this is weird. You're a person, too. And that doesn't... I, the through line you're me. describing is clearly in the movie, kind of, and enough for you to have seen it, but it was not clear enough for the rest yeah, of the I, world. I, I, agree. Awesome. It's, it's, I agree. This is a yeah. setup that doesn't really land in a sense of... You don't really get a sense of the kid... You know, at the end, I I understand now that real life is actually better than fantasy or yeah. you know something. It doesn't, you know, there's there's a there's a dot at the end that that is still unconnected. Yeah. There's there isn't a very clear through line in general. Uh, aside from the kid needs to start, you know, ex- living his life and not just living vicariously through the movies. Yeah, there's That's- not a, there's not a sense that he learned that real life is better. Yeah, I mean, there's, he doesn't or, really have an arc in this movie, or even you know that there is subtlety or you know, non exciting moments of life, but those are still valuable for whatever reason. You know, there's, there's, yeah, there's no complete arc. There's like really not like, this is just the kid going on the adventure and kind of having a good time. But in almost every year of the movie along these lines, you would, he would be in a way worse relationship with his mom at the beginning and it'd be fine at the end or vice versa. But his mom is kind of cool the whole time. And he's just a kid. He's kind of an asshole, but he's just a kid. He's not like, they're not at the end of their rope. She is, but she has other problems. But he, he never really goes from point A to point B in, in any meaningful way. Well, I'm glad they didn't give him like a. I mean, he, he he becomes a little more responsible to his mom, and that's it. But I'm glad they didn't like make 
go full after school special with that too. Yeah, but just uh, you know, something like, again. It's like too many, too many things going on already in this movie. Oh yeah, but you know, if they had to lose forty minutes out of this movie, they could, and you might not even notice it missing. And uh, I think a lot of the mom stuff would stay, uh, because to ground this is what it needs. Yeah, it, it, think, it needs more grounded and less I th- hysterics. I think another revision would be the the next revision would be exactly what you're talking about. It would be to ground it in the bookends of. He, he, you know, <clears throat> just like you know, just like the the whole hero's journey thing. Ordinary life. He goes on this adventure and he comes back with some kind of wisdom or knowledge that that mm-hmm. he takes forward, which you get a little hint of because he comes home and you know hugs his mom and stuff like that. I think, but then uh, at the end, but you don't really get. I don't know. You you could probably bolster. No, you it don't just even see her at the end more. of the movie. You don't. Okay, then not at the very end. No. Okay, then you'd you'd probably. I think the last yeah. time you see her is at like the two thirds mark, where it's it's. Like it's, the, it's when, when yeah, when they come back into the real world and she meets Schwarzenegger. Yeah, and they have this. He's like, I like talking to women. It's neat. Which is funny because that's like that would be the exact opposite of uh, the the through line of Never Ending Story, which is that in the end he uses his fantasy luck dragon to kill his bullies. And like he goes, he's afraid, and he goes on yeah, his adventure, awesome. and then he. Well, that's one of the things that's mentioned. Yeah, if he just if he just brings yeah. Slater into the real world to, <laughs> to kill everybody, and that's one of the things that's mentioned in that article, though, uh, is that they could not figure out at any point during the process of honing the script, shooting it, or editing it whether it was going to be a kids movie or an action movie. Right. Yeah. This feels this whole bit uh, also feels like it's setting something up. It's setting up the handcuff key is all. Well, it's that, no, up. no, but but this moment here where he's, he just gets he's randomly being, mugged in his hallway. Well, no, that's New that's York, fine. But that's yeah. him, him being a, <laughs> this New York in the late eighties. Yeah, him yeah. being a he, it's him being a tough guy for a second, and then having the opportunity to to, to do something do something about it, and then not having uh, either the courage or the stupidity, depending on the direction that you wanted to go, yeah. um, to do that. It's like this. You could either look at this as a as a statement. Which I don't think they they really intended of just a statement of he knows the difference between fantasy and reality to the extent that he doesn't try anything when it's the real world. Or you can look at this as oh you know he's he's too afraid Here's in the real do. world. Here's, he escapes into exactly. a fantasy, and then when he comes back, you know he can totally stab a monger in the back. What's he even care? What it you know? should be is yeah. that what it should be is that he thinks. What it should be is that he thinks the real world works like movies. So when the guy comes in with the knife, he stands up to him and he's trying to be all you know Jack Slater. Smacked across the face. Then he goes into the movie world and sees, oh my god, there's different physics here. And he comes back into the real world with Jack Slater, which gives the moment where he's like, Jack, you're gonna fucking die. Much more. Yeah. Or, or, no, or it, should, it should be like this. He should in in that scene that we just passed. He should actually try to do something movie like. You know, just try to act out the cliche. And get his ass beat as that's a result, saying, right. yeah. yeah. And then go, or, yeah. And then go into the movie, and then he finds out. Oh my god, they operate on different rules. It's not like my yeah, life, exactly. Or you could do it the way you know. Again, it's, it's, I'm spitballing. You know, the the he, do it like sort of like you see here, where he's too scared to do it because you know that's a big scary mugger dude in his apartment with a knife. You know, so no, thank you. Then when he goes into the action movie world, once he gains confidence that oh, I this is a different rules here. You know, he can be more heroic there and then forget that that's not the case when he comes back to the real world and becomes heroic there. That's another way you could have played it. Um, all of these things are, are all symptoms of the big picture, what we talked about, where the movie was rushed. It had multiple, multiple writers. 
it never really became a cohesive thing and they didn't have time in editing to really refine it and go, do we need this scene or should we shade it this way? Should we cut this part? Should we right. show this reaction? You know, as, as uh, poor McTiernan describes it, he says, he claims that some of these scenes are, are literally just, we cut the slates off, we put the shots together, done, moving on. You know, it's just the a, string out. Yeah, didn't have a chance. So this is, this movie is uh, John McTiernan's 2010 Moby Dick, basically. Um, I shot it, but I don't know what the hell's going on in the movie. It's, uh, it's, it was too fast, so. So this guy, anyway, like I was saying, totally, totally love him. Although in the, uh, apparently the early idea, he wasn't going to be this kindly old man. Yeah, he was going to be scary I, and I, weird. I, I, I actually, he was like creepy magician himself. Because you can find it online. You can find the original draft, which was called Extremely Violent. Extremely Violent, which Arnie didn't like because it was a little bit too... <laughs> it was extremely well, it, violent. And it's... It, it was almost nothing like this aside from a kid goes into a, give me, give me, movie. Give me the premise of the original script. The premise of the original script is... You know, a kid gets sucked into his favorite action movie and and you know goes along on the adventure and his favorite action movie, but not the, the movie the world, and stuff not like, like that. all movies world, just no. the mo- the world of his favorite. Although movie. although even that one does have the, uh, uh, it, it does he he does go to the the police station and there's the uh, there's a gag where every single um, every single cop partnership is like an odd couple partnership. It's a buddy movie. He's of like, its own. Yeah, it's a it's a buddy movie of its own. It's like it's always a white cop and a black cop or a, a dirty cop and a clean cop or a, a, there's even a one cop and a dog and it's like and so that's all legal. It's like but in this movie they go beyond and they do the Humphrey Bogart and yeah. the cartoon cat and that's yeah. where the movie loses its way. Yeah, exactly. There is a black and white Bogart in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um just standing around in the in the waiting room which I which I like. That But the, the, but there's, the, the there's nine is, different versions of this idea at play at once in this movie. Yeah. I like all of them individually. But then it's got a weird, like the the aspect of the the movies coming out into into our world and intermixing like that is not part of the the script. It just all kind of takes place in the in the movie once he gets in there, and it becomes this weird kind of philosophical thing about like the. It's just this weird cycle of violence in this in this <laughs> movie world that that uh, the kid has to try and break. He almost gets caught up in it, but instead he he has to break it because it's the cycle of violence and revenge and stuff like that. Like and that. the and the pro- projectionist guy is like the devil or something, I guess, and he's trying to perpetuate the cycle, and that's why he sends the kid in. It's it's very strange. I kind of like so, that though. That that sounds at least like a, sounds a, cleaner. A, yeah, it sounds like a story. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know the whole for instance the police station thing. It's got this cool like it's Monsters Inc. sort of thing where it's like this. This is yeah. the company, the bureaucracy, and the center, or cabin in the woods, I guess. The center of this, all the worlds come through here is this like vestibule, and then they get you know siphoned out to do their various. Ah, that's my job. Like we mythologize monsters, we mythologize action heroes, but you know they all go to the same office to get their orders for the day. Like you have to go out of this weird cop chase with a dog. Yeah, go or you know whatever it is. That's fun, and you could do a lot with that. You could basically say everything this movie is trying to say. With with any one of the ideas, because you can do basically the whole thing with any version of it. You can do the same thing with the kid gets sucked into all movies world, and it's sort of like Roger Rabbit. Uh, yeah, my, I I always think of Roger Rabbit when I when I think of that, and that's not just because of the cartoon cat. Or but. you could do the uh, fucking the Woody Allen movie and have. Jack Slater come out into the real world and find that by the way this shot just looks so crisp like this could have been an Iron Man yeah. like this is just straight up like That's a beautiful said. shot there's also a weird joke that I, I never could quite figure out what they were going for because F. Murray Abraham is billed as Murray Josephson and since I'm not a Bible expert for the past two decades I thought that Abraham was Joseph's son but he's not <laughs> so I don't get the joke <laughs> I don't understand what they were going for with calling F. Murray Abraham Murray Joseph's son no idea now I did get this joke 
which I thought was I thought this is one of the cleverer, more subtle jokes. The the guy's name is Vivaldi. No, that he's the second. He's Jack Slater's second cousin. I oh. I take it as like the it's the fourth movie. It's so the fourth movie. All, the most all of Jack Slater's family has been slaughtered <laughs> yeah. by this yeah. point. <laughs> they have to kill his second cousin to get him to get, seek revenge in yes. this movie. That is a good joke. It's also uh, Art Carney's last movie. Oh, this is his last and and one of the last for Anthony Quinn, if not the last. I think he was in a few more, but. Uh, Anthony yep. Quinn himself is a bit of a trope. He's played an endless number of mobsters, even though he's Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of Sicilian look kind of works, but um, d- there's just so many so many ideas in this movie. Like it's it really is a lot like Tropic Thunder. I kept thinking of Tropic Thunder in it. In that, in that commentary, if you haven't listened to it, we, we basically just talk about the relationship between a scene and another scene, and if the stakes are you know, grounded on the same metric for both scenes, then those two scenes will fit together in the same movie. But if it's really, really heightened over here and really not over there, it's it gets wacky and that's when your tone starts screwing up. Now, when a movie is like this and you have two distinct rubrics of stakes, you have real world in the movie, cool. But even internally in the movie, in some cases it feels a lot more serious than it does elsewhere. Like you have the weird cartoon cat shit, but also this guy's really going to kill this guy. But it's, you know, part of the satire, but it's also the police station with, black and white Humphrey Bogart and it's just this weird I can't tell exactly what the rules of the world are because in the same world it feels like you almost want you almost want them to pull a scream and have the kid like calling out the rules a little bit more than he does like he he does that on his bike he's like I'm a good guy this will work and then he's like (laughs) oh wait I'm the sidekick I can totally die and be part of his his revenge thing he's like I'm allowed to die like if you were just like look here's how it is you won't be you can't die she can't die she can't die I can die, <laughs> right. like you know, doing something like that. She's she's guy. Yeah, she's <laughs> crewman number six. But for instance, I can't tell exactly the joke it's going for with the entire project because it's either going to be a satire of action movies, like this is how they always go. We're going to be subversive about it, or it's going to be a parody of them. But there's a lot of satire in this movie. But at no point, if you're doing a satire, where it's sort of like it really kind of obeys the the normal level of ridiculousness but the normal level of ridiculousness you don't have arnold talking to the walkie-talkie and then just crush it with his hand and throw it behind him like that's clearly a heightened joke version of action movie and there's it's just this weird sort of disconnected parallel thing going on well you know there's a that that same empire uh magazine article said something that i thought was really 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 insightful and and i think quite possibly true is is that shane black and john mctiernan were the wrong people to do this and I think that's is that, that the guys you hired to do it for real. That might be a lot to do that they are so that since they created so many of these tropes and they do successfully mock a number of the tropes that they themselves created and popularized, they're a little too in the genre to know what jokes to make about the genre in certain cases. And maybe and, with McTiernan, I don't think with Shane because Shane Black did. I mean, largely the same thing with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and much more successfully in terms of. Here are these tropes and let's let's subvert them. Possibly, yeah, yeah, and, and McTiernan yeah. is not exactly known for his comedy, other yeah. than other than for his you know occasional good quips and one-liners, and you know federal, <laughs> federal indictment. But yeah, so yeah, so there's the issue, and 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 but to me again, it comes back to playing by playing by the rules. Okay, if you're going to do the movie with which is about the tropes of a genre, like you say, I don't recall Martin Riggs crushing a walkie-talkie with his bare hands and lethal weapon. I don't recall that being an action movie trope. Right. That's a totally arbitrary, bizarre, That's cartoon. That's weird moment. That's yeah. him being a, uh, yeah, it's an part, action well, it's, movie cartoon. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a Terminator, you know, moment. It's kind of like that, too. It's, it's, but that's not the genre. You know? Yeah, so exactly. In, and what I, I, I would just characterize it in a lot of these things. It's a joke for the sake of the joke, but it doesn't fit 
the genre. Yeah. It doesn't fit the thing. Um, it's Spaceballs, not Galaxy Quest. Exactly. That's this movie is, you know, it's not as bad as Spaceballs, God forbid. But um, it does, it's when, every time it, every time it steps outside of the genre, it's supposedly, you know, th- we're in an action movie. We're not in right a cartoon cat movie. We're not in X movie. You know, it's, it's. It's not supposed to be mixing the genres, and every time it steps out of the genre and just to make an arbitrary joke it about it. movies in general, right. it's the wrong choice. Because this is a very delicate sort of suspension of disbelief that you're trying to maintain with a movie like this. Because it's you either have to give everyone all the rules and abide by them like a mofo, or just play play no rules game the whole time. But if you go with like we actually establish some rules on how this works and how the relationships and the dynamics work and how those you know translate from the screen to the reality and back and forth, then having these moments of like totally something else cartoony shit happening like i this kind of shit yeah. where the house explodes way too much and he gets thrown way too far and it just flips over and the, the cop car and the car blows up for yeah. no reason yeah. yeah that i actually buy that's totally, as part, that, as part this, of the this scene is basically right out of lethal weapon right. yeah. yeah that is and not only that satire. but the lethal weapon uh the biggest lethal weapon joke is, is gonna land right here with the two days to retirement and right and we don't even have the um michael Kamen uh, scored this he also scored Die Hard. He also scored Lethal Weapon, and he, he even throws in a Lethal Weapon riff in his you know that the Wailing Sax plays here. Yeah, yeah. It's straight out of Lethal Weapon. So the composer got it. The composer knew what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. It's just so many cooks in the kitchen, and everyone has. It's the sort of thing where a movie like this, it's actually harder to pull off with so many cooks in the kitchen than it would be for Die Hard or something. Like if if it's this very 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 specific joke and tone that your idea was. And then people coming in with like thinking like they got it, like, oh, we're making fun of movies. I get it. No, wait, stop, stop. Uh, oh, that's draft two. Shit. Now there's like jokes from this version and jokes from that guy and jokes from this people over here and that team. And then it just keeps getting batted around. You sort of lose the, not, not the through line of the plot, the through line of the tone. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, it's easier to maintain that if the, the rules of the movie aren't like this particular brand this, of this our guy, story has to be the right. this joke. He's a, he's a trope himself, too, yeah. isn't he? He's, he's the he's guy from Die Hard. He's one of those martial arts guys who was always a henchman. Yeah. What's wrong with that kid's face? It's just a little bit too anime. Like, there's little electrodes in there. That he's, getting... got, he's got really big eyes. He's, he's yeah. He, he looks kind of, uh, he looks like a Disney character a little bit. Right. One thing that's always bugged me is about this movie from day one is just because I'm a Houdini buff, and that is the fact that you know Houdini was a stage musician. He wasn't an actual wizard. Yeah, and, and so, he hated the supernatural. And he was he was always debunking the supernatural. So the idea, as far as within the story, the setup makes perfect sense. This was a vaudeville theater and Houdini, and yeah, except for the fact that Houdini's having an actual legitimately magical ticket annoys me. Yeah, I would have I would have not done Houdini and just had oh the, there was a know, crazy magician the great Zambini or whatever yeah there was a magician who came yeah. and I only you know no one knew he and. It, could never find any record of him but he yeah. did this amazing show and he patted me on the head and gave me a ticket yeah it did did houdini even have a he didn't have a connection to like movies or anything oh like, he did movies he would do he would do his stunts in movies okay and he would make movies he was one of the early because magicians were one of the people who did movies right, first right. well yeah but I but mean, this is a yeah. this is a movie palace this literally is a this is a it's the orpheum theater uh, downtown la and it's uh-huh. it's it's a vaudeville theater that became a movie theater in fact i think bob, bob prosky says that he saw you know that he saw Houdini at this theater because he was a stage show at the time. So I like how he doesn't recognize for a moment that this is <laughs> this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was like, yeah, kind of like you immediately kind of think, oh, that's Jack Slater. I'm now sitting in his car. Yeah, but, this is weird. But if you've ever had, I don't know if, if my 
the few times in my life I've had something really. I love the thing. Just, just it's everything. So, this is perfect. Everything exploding for no reason. Have you ever had anything like really, really, really surreal happen to you? I, I, I actually ha- did have the moment of disbelief. Like, okay, I know it's not what I think it is. <laughs> so it has to be something so I'm else. Just gonna take a moment here. Yeah. I'm gonna blink really hard. Now here, for example, here's one of the jokes, which is like, well, even in the cheesiest action movie, they don't do this. Yeah, where he falls, oh, he dies well, he because dies. The because he got an ice cream cone blown into the back of his head. That's, oh, yeah. See, I didn't even get that. Yeah, there was the even, explosion yeah. of the ice cream truck drove an a f- fully formed ice cream cone. I thought into that was some sort of weird looking up. ponytail thing. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's where it. That's where it becomes. So it's silly like that's again. That's the joke for the sake of the joke, but you would not you know find that in a real in a real action movie, no matter how ridiculous it is. Except maybe an asylum movie. <laughs> but then at the rest of the time they they are you know, other than those missteps they are doing the tropes and they're doing them really well. Yeah. You know, this is a this is a perfectly great over the top insane action movie sequence that has all the beats that one would have. Now, is the joke I, I even right like, here he's playing the score? Is that the point? I think yeah. so. Like he's playing the soundtrack moment and he switches it. He's like this is yeah. we need a different song for yeah. this, right. this little moment here. Which that's a different level of reality here. Like that's it's just there's it, Meh, yeah but um the uh he lives in a world where the physics are insane and totally different but once you go there everything just kind of works like that and then I, he's also scoring the movie that he's in but i like the idea like he is switching tapes in his car well and it's it's more of that like yeah the physics are different but also the logic of the world is different like because later on there he's talking about you know when the the sister just shows up and he's like isn't don't you guys realize how convenient this is and they're like oh it's just normal <laughs> yeah well, uh, she's so it, but that's the logic is also different, and I I think the logic is consistent there in the sense of oh well I'm I'm in this car chase this thing that happens repeatedly so this is this is appropriate for this period of time yeah, yeah but it's not I, 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 the I, thing I, is it's not his car stereo it's a little thing he brings around with yeah. him with a yeah, little yeah, thing I, of tapes I, I, I put it on the list of again apparently that's a joke that they yeah. but it doesn't land it doesn't do yeah. anything it doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't fit this joke that's coming up where I the just car explodes in midair the fucking yeah. van. The, the, just casually in the background, the, yeah. they're, the bad guys try the same thing. <laughs> yeah, just blammo. <laughs> and it fails. And they totally ignore it. And by the way, that's a model shot that was uh, tracked in basically by hand. That's a big yeah, visual effect shot. That's, that's not a stunt. And, and for 93, that's really fucking impressive. Again, remember, this movie is contemporary to Jurassic Park. Yeah. So, you know, the level of ability is, is approximately the same. Well, Jurassic Park was really pushing the boundaries, though, and they didn't. Well, exactly, and so is this. Every time they do an effect. Now, this is a weird thing. With I love, the, this is probably one of my favorite lines, by the way, of the of all things <laughs> for <laughs> for the Schwarzenegger character to say. Does this suck, weenie, or what? <laughs> right. Though it's weird here. There's another odd little moment of like, "What are you doing, movie?" Uh, which is the. He said it. <laughs> thanks lois um, the acme thing which yeah. i get the i get the joke not in the context of this movie i just get that joke i know what they're doing and they even they went out of their way to show a looney tunes where it's wiley e. coyote getting stuff out of an acme box like it's full screen it says acme it's reminding you that acme is a joke from looney tunes and then you go here and like all of the products are all acme which is just this another weird like what is the connection you're trying to draw? Are you saying that well, Looney Tunes because, also takes because place? Looney Tunes is a, is quant commenting on the trope as well. Acme is just the universal name for a business. Yeah. So uh, all the, all the businesses in this movie are are Acme. Again, it's it's the movie making a joke outside of the genre it's supposedly doing because Acme you don't actually see in 
in action movies. You see it in Looney Tunes. In Looney Tunes, yeah. But you see, but you see fake business names. They do the just like the it's like the five 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 prefix. Yeah, but the Acme thing is it's it's odd because it exists the in a context. Joke is great. It exists in a context works. in Looney Tunes already. It's existing. It's trying to live into the same context here as part of the actual world of the movie. But this film, Last Action Hero, is doing both of them at the same time. It's all. It's it's reminding us that Acme is a joke from Looney Tunes while doing the joke. And I disagree. I've, I, Looney Tunes used the Acme joke just like this movie did. Why do they show? They could have showed any shot from Looney Tunes. Why do they do the one with the Acme in it? Like the the point of the Looney Tunes thing was, it seems to have just been to remind you of the Acme thing. Like it. Just well, again, I, I I don't disagree that it was a wrong choice, but I'm saying that Looney Tunes is not originate Acme. That is the universal term for right. business. The the Acme thing originated before Looney Tunes. Yeah. They just kept no, I know, they made I know, it famous. But the association is there. And but it's, yeah, but I'm, yes, wondering now, it's, it's but a now, bad choice. Yeah. But it's not a Looney Tunes reference. Other than they made it a Looney Tunes reference, that was the bad choice. Yeah. Sharon See, Stone. Now, Sharon, Sharon Stone, Stone now, and Robert, Robert, Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick. Now that's broken because yeah. later on they will they try to make a joke about Stallone being in all short in the Terminator parts, movies and he and it's a poster <laughs> for Terminator Two and it's like yeah. wait 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 we <laughs> hang on we and just, again it's it's because once again they went for the joke for the sake of the joke and not for the sake of the world they're trying to create yeah. or maybe we just shouldn't nitpick things and then just it's a, just a movie Jack so don't nitpick everything so much <laughs> what. Uh, I was, <laughs> I was referencing a, j- a joke that's coming later. <laughs> okay, there you go. So this, when they're making regular buddy movies, I was totally on board. Yeah. When they're making like, you know, Humphrey fat... Bogart buddy movie, yeah. Fat cop and skinny woman, that, you know, and all that kind of stuff. If you're with the rabbi, sure, why not? You know, there have been action movies that are that stupid. With with a dog, you know, hell, you yeah. know, Belushi and K-9, that's why he's in this, that's why he has his cameo. He did his, you know, action movie with a with a dog partner. You know, so that all that all makes sense. But then suddenly Bogart and the cartoon cat up, up, up to one step yeah. beyond. Well, there, there is a, there it is also a, doesn't quite make sense if they're doing if they're commenting on the buddy cop trope that that guy was clearly like, all right, let's do this. Nice to meet you kind of thing. Like, well, that's yeah. that's not how buddy cops start. Yeah, they're always buddy like, I don't want to do there. Yeah. There was there is a, a pretty good joke in the because uh, there's a similar scene. You know, Danny's just sitting around and uh, in the in the original script and he sees two guys get called up. Um, you know they're, they're being paired off, and two guys are called up, and they're both black guys, and they're like, "Chief, are you, are you sure?" <laughs> are you sure? And nice. he's like, "Oh no, I got the wrong." He's like, "I I, I meant Johansson, not not Johnson. I'm sorry." <laughs> like, 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 and they do, and they do, and they pay it off nicely here because you know it helps them get him right over a plot hump where you know the kid, well, how's this kid know so much? Well. All right, meet your new partner. And the kid goes, "You realize that makes no sense." <laughs> you know that that's a joke that lands. That one works. But yeah, the the shattering of the glass. It's like, well, that's a that's already in spoof world. Yeah, you know, that's that's spoof territory. And the smoke coming out of his ears. I mean, again, yeah, yeah. it's airplane. That's cartoon yeah. territory. Airplane, yeah. space balls. Again, it's like, scary oh, movie. just you know, choices. Comedy is about very specific choices. I guess. I guess that's what tone is very much about. I guess choices. that's what's going on here. It's it's tone tonally. It's right on the line, and it keeps dipping back and forth between Galaxy Quest and Scary Movie, this movie and it's not sure which one it wants to be. This movie could so use a phantom edit. Yeah, you could. You yeah, could really, you could really sharpen this movie up with a with a phantom. Well, edit. it could. I mean, it, this movie should be like thirty minutes shorter than it is. It's like yeah. two hours and fifteen minutes long or something. It's it's insane for you know a comedy. Of course, you, you, at that point, they spent so much money on this and they didn't have any time to edit it, so they had a lot of set <laughs> yeah. pieces to show and they had no time to. We license Humphrey Bogart. He's in right, but um, it's it, it could it could have benefited from an edit. 
Um, you know, no disrespect to the editors who were working their ass off on this, but yeah. you know, still it. I, I don't think any of them would disagree that they didn't get enough time to cut this movie. I'm also trying to figure out, is this the LA Convention Center? Where is this? I think it looks like uh, one of the terminals in LAX. Okay. So you usually can't, you can't build a set in LAX. Maybe it was like not finished yet? I don't know. No, it's probably, it was probably a convention center or something like that. It's yeah. got that yeah. grid that always makes me think of the convention center, but... In, in Demolition Man, we see they uh, do use the we see this, we see the San Diego Convention Center as an exterior. It's yeah. like, oh, Comic Con! Look, yeah, <laughs> this guy, the guy who's playing the chief, uh, he's in a, a different movie, but I like what he's doing in his movie. Uh, the, the screaming. Yeah, in fact, I think he he's and right Jack, on the edge. He and Jack Slater actually belong in the same movie. Yeah, uh, like uh, I'm talking not about the action movie in the universe. I'm talking about Last Action Hero. They're in the same. They're locked in the same sort of world. Uh, the station in this scene not so much he gets cartoony later and that's the problem these guys are in a movie that's about a parody of action movies and how they always seem to go and it's sort of a a heightened satire the police station is in like Cabin in the Woods Monsters Inc Nightmare Before Christmas world and then the bad guy is in this sort of self-aware Ceres Galaxy Quest world (laughs) right and then it's just you know there's a bunch of different kinds of genre savvy happening at once and it keeps going back and forth between them and the tone gets me motion sick just going yeah plus the kid is just horrible so there's also that I don't know. It just it, it it fought me hard. But he's perfectly horrible. He's horrible in exactly the right way. <laughs> he's li- he's likably horrible. <laughs> that's a tough choice. Yeah, that's a tough call. It's like if, if he was only in the action movie, you'd go perfect. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. But he's supposed to be the kid from the real world. And now, what I mean, would in fact, it it's a been, tough exactly. role too. I think Brian I mean, and I were yeah. in the same place. Go for it. Now, what would have been amazing is if he acted exactly this way within the movie, but when they totally exited into the real dude. world, yeah, <laughs> that's I love that. He'd be like this really great. Haley Joel Osment level actor, yeah, kid actor. <laughs> yeah, really, he just only gets annoying and hyperinflated in the movie. Well, and if okay, if they had see that's the way to do it. You cast a Haley Joel Osment car- uh, actor, and when he's <clears throat> when he's in the movie, at some point he's like, "Why am I whining so much? What are, what's, what's happening, happening to me?" To me? Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly like Sigourney Weaver in Galaxy Quest. He's like, I'm doing it. I'm repeating the. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh god, I'm the kid sidekick. I'm that's, doing uh, it. I'm I'm, right, I'm smarter just, than this. I'm better than this. And which could be another. Which is even more fertile ground to cover, you know, idea wise, because the kid, the kid is living out all these fantasies and he's, he's using this as a a fantasy world. And what do you do when you watch other people in movies? You go, Oh, if I were, if I were in that situation, I would do this. You know, Oh, that, why is, why is that character being so stupid? He should do this X, Y, and Z. And so he could exactly find himself in that situation. Like, Oh, those, why are the kids in these movies always so stupid? If I were there, I wouldn't be a stupid kid. I would do this. And then he finds himself actually in that situation and he ends up being stupid or, or whatever. And you do something with that. You there to, you go, movie. Something that's... A, <laughs> that that one's free. I like, <laughs> I like, I like this Take right it here. Take run with it. He goes in the wrong one. Oh, goes over here. There's also a throwaway joke along those lines here in a second. Uh, okay, well, first of all, let's talk about this. So he's walking into a blockbuster. Um, with Angie Everhart behind the counter. Man, it's... I would Ooh. say it's good work if you can get it, but it's not... I'm sorry, too far. <laughs> yeah, that's right. crazy. Unbelievable. Does this do anything for you guys in terms of not just the sliced alone joke, just the whole idea that they live in a world where, where hey, look, movies exist too? Val Kilmer back there on the doors, the doors, yeah, and Field of Dreams, yeah. but um, and the Road Warrior Dracula. and Dracula, which comes up later, yeah, yeah, basically uh, all the movies except for Schwarzenegger. But movies. does it does it bother you conceptually with the idea of this movie, like in the writing phase, that there are it's, movies in the movie it's universe? like eating its own tail in some weird way? Yeah, yeah, no, not really. Well, it does if they're if they're living in the every movie universe right. of cartoon cats. You it's know, just like the documentary store. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's following the thread of the kid wants to prove it's in a movie and you're Arnold Schwarzenegger and discovering that, of course, in a Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, there are no Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Right. I mean, that's, that's the, that's what they're doing. Um, I don't really object to that. I think it, you know, it, it's, at least the kid is trying to take steps to go, look, I'm, I'm trying to prove this is a movie, which he keeps he's doing it twice. Now he's doing the, now he's doing the phone thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, but and, the, and the pretty women, which I think is a great, actually a great line, but it just eventually has to make one choice firmly. If it's, if we are in the world of all movies or if we are in the world of Jack Slater movies, because if we're in the world of Jack Slater movies, totally works. If we're in the world of all movies, these are all documentaries. So we have to figure out where the through line is, because if there's cartoon cats and shit at the police station, uh, this movie has decided for us that it's a movie about being in the world of all movies. Well, well, like I said earlier, I think we're the the only time we have any kind of sense of the world of all movies is within the police station. Anytime we're outside of it, we're in the world of Jack Slater movies. Yeah, and I don't think that's intentional on their part. I think it's just kind of the way. It, Again, if it we if we to took out all the all the missteps which we've called out every time they've done one, <laughs> you know, and 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 given the movie a cleaner through line that's there but is cluttered by the other bad stuff then then it works then it works just fine you know they they, they are in a, they are not just in eternal movie world they are in jack slater movie world i just realized and I think it I, makes perfect sense in that regard i think i worked at that blockbuster <laughs> i think that's the blockbuster in malibu i think yeah. i worked there for a little while you lived in malibu no but i i was you commuted to, you malibu? Commuted that to malibu that sucks to work at once once wow I, 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 <laughs> you worked there for one day I anyway this is ridiculous <laughs> I, was I, money. I was working i was working in the uh because they have like little districts and i was working in the district of like santa monica in that area and i guess malibu was was and in like there, and westwood I was like, and all that yeah and i was an assistant manager um and Ooh. apparently nobody wanted to work yeah i know my mom was so proud and uh i <laughs> uh a, it was Fourth of July. It was Fourth of July. And, Did you work and there because so of Tarantino? To work there, so huh? Did you I have there because it was? I was like, well, I need a job. I just graduated college and whatever. So, so it wasn't with, like you were like well, Tarantino was working at a video <laughs> store and then his career started. I will do the same no, thing. No, in Malibu, not at all. And and again, I wasn't working in Malibu. I just was sent there for Fourth of July because none of their regular people wanted to work on Fourth of July. And do a lot like, of people yeah, go it. into the Malibu blockbuster on the Fourth of July? Uh, not too many, but a few. I what, mean, because what, it's a what, it's a holiday, so people are like, oh, let's go rent a movie. Is yeah. the clientele what I think it was? Like, is it all like like people in suits and like nice like producer people on their break? Probably, like, no. yeah. Actually, actually, Malibu yeah. is all surfer bums, surfer bums slash Hollywood stars. Yeah, Barry Hollywood Osborne came in. Yeah, who the, the producer of uh, the Matrix and, oh, and some cool. other things and Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, nice. There's a weird. So, how would you know Barry Osborne on site, especially <laughs> back then? He was trying well, to be first of all, in the first of all, I I. I did, but we also got their cards and their names came up when we scanned them. So I, I was able to, I'm so like, helps. I'm pretty sure that's Barry Osborne. And then I scanned his card. And I'm like, yep, that's fucking Barry Osborne. That's awesome. You are Mr. Osborne. There, there was a moment there that the movie just contradicted itself. Another, another good scene for the cutting room floor is that entire exchange that just happened outside the, in the car because there, Arnold Schwarzenegger is incredulous that, Oh, I see. We just drove around Malibu and suddenly, you know, where the bad guys are when later, when they go into the real world and he's looking for the bad guy and the kid goes, what are you doing? He goes, usually I just wander around and then I bump into them <laughs> so it's like well which trope are you doing i mean does he accept the trope or does he not accept the trope it had the movie's trying to do it both ways right now now we, we've suffered through a lot but we do get to have the same with charles dance and the rottweilers which i think is one of my favorite scenes in the movie especially uh, his lines oh wow oh yeah well and the, you cut to the dogs on a, in a pile which is kind of a funny moment yeah, but and his line about uh this time tomorrow, are you passing through several uh, questions? I use questions. That's what's one of my quotables. I, I, you know, say something in questions is is one of my favorite lines right. in this movie. 
That's a Trey. You just tapped into a distinction that I think is really important when talking about this movie and movies like it, which is there are two ways to do genre aware movie. Pick your movie. There is the movie is aware of the genres and it's funny in a meta sense or the characters are aware of the genres and they're actually behaving as if they know the rules of this other world where the rules are different. If the movie is commenting on the funniness of it, that's one thing. If the characters are interacting with the funniness of it, that's another. Uh, and it's, it's, I'm trying to think of examples. Like, I wonder, like, Galaxy Quest, the characters all know what's going on. But Tropic Thunder, the characters don't, except for when they do. Well, Tropic Thunder is a bad example. Spaceballs, they don't. But, spa- well, sometimes they do. Yeah, it's weird. I'm trying to think. What's it's a really a, good satire? Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. It's a very delicate thing. They, I mean, aside from the Zedward bit, they are just basically living their lives in this genre-savvy orchestration of events. But the characters aren't like, they're, they're accidentally living into these tropes or subverting them, but they're not doing it because they know that those are the tropes. Well, Hot Fuzz is, I think they're more aware than in Shaun of the Dead of the tropes. It's just, does, is, is the, are, the, are, character. are the genre-savvy jokes coming from mm-hmm. the movie and how it's, you know orchestrating its and conducting itself or is it from the characters in the movie and how they're talking to each other about what's happening to them right is, is it coming externally from you know the director you, from the director slash writer and you can kind of see that happening on the screen or is it coming internally arising from the characters themselves like in galaxy quest and so well, or kiss kiss bang bang i think yeah kiss, i think that's also a good example um and because in that situation it it's it lessens the suspension of disbelief, and it's it's easy. It's harder to do, but it's easier for you to go. Yes, okay, these are real people, and I can pretend that this is actually oh. something that's actually happening, as opposed to I'm watching a kind of a f- crazy vaudeville esque. And you know thing. something? You know a movie that consistently does both? Airplane. Yeah, but airplane is just a farce. It's not. That's what you, I guess. That's how you get farce. Yeah. It's uh, genre savvy Airplane on top of genre savvy. Joke for the sake of the joke, which is fine. Yeah, the, the movie is structured in a jokey way. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously based on what was it, Zero Hour or something, but um, it, it's 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 structured for the jokes, and the characters are all in on the, the movie that's structured for the joke. So it's basically it has this feeling of let's all put on a show, haha, we're being fun. It's like sketch comedy almost. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, very, it's Airplane and those kind of movies very self aware. Yeah, you know, that's, they call it winking to the audience, like yeah, we look, we all know. Come on, you know. The, the genius of Airplane was, unlike a lot of movies before and many since, they actually did base it on a story, so there actually was a story going on, you right. know, as opposed to the really, really bottom of the barrel, the epic movies and the scary movies and all that, which literally are just the jokes, Yeah, and there's no story or character of any kind going on. <laughs> when I read a great review of um, the whole X movie uh, genre in which someone described it as, you know, the entire genre basically is reminding people that things exist and then having those things fart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, you know, I think it's a pretty accurate assessment of, of that level of movie. Now, which, which also describes this movie to a, to a certain degree. I recognize this actress from only one other thing. She was the hot teacher in Billy Madison. She wasn't in a lot. She, she married uh, Pete Sampras, the famous tennis player, and started making babies. Oh, that'll do. Although, you know who she looks like? And I would not have said this if not for an interesting thing that happened to me the other week. She looks like Missy Pyle. And I say that because I saw Missy Pyle the other week. I went to a midnight screening of Galaxy Quest, and she was there and introduced it. And she is really tall and really pretty. Yeah. Like, and kind of odd looking, but not like 
super odd looking. She always gets made up to look odder than she is. She's actually a rather strikingly pretty person, but she has the same sort of thing going on as this lady does, where why, it's like slightly wide eyes and really, really high cheekbones. Why was Missy Pyle introduced in Galaxy Quest? I get, I, I get, I, Galaxy Quest. I get the, I get the sense. Oh, her translator's she's broken. She's, she's uh, oh, okay. that is yeah. so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that's her. Um, I, and I will say, um, this girl nails it. She's she's great in this. I and like she, her screaming scene. And she has a. They give her a really good scene. They yeah. give her an awesome scene. Yeah. And she 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 nails it. It's beautiful. Uh, super good. Anyway, but she has a slightly odd look. She's very pretty, but has a slightly odd look. And it just reminds me of Missy Pyle. Previously, I thought Missy Pyle was just straight up weird looking. No, no, she's really pretty. They just make her up to look weird in everything I've ever seen her in. Like, you know, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. She's played like soccer moms and stuff in like Disney movies where you go, oh, well, look at that. Missy Pyle. She's like six foot, maybe six foot one. She's really tall. Yeah. She's like Laura Keitlinger is another actress like that. Arnold Schwarzenegger, really short, like (laughs) tiny, (laughs) tiny guy. Four foot two. Actually, you'll see that. Edward. Actually, shorter than Peter Dinklage. Skipping ahead, yeah, surprising weird. fact. Total. Skipping ahead, actually, there's a there's a moment in um, you know who else actually is is quite Arnold Schwarzenegger is pretty pretty big guy, but you know who's actually normal height um, is uh, Sylvester Stallone, which uh, our other movie for this today is Demolition Man. And there's a couple of shots where you go, wow, they didn't even bother to put him on an Apple box, right? <laughs> where he's standing next to Wesley Snipes is like, oh, look, look at the little man next to Wesley Snipes. I heard a funny thing. I don't remember who it was or where I saw it, and I apologize to whoever came up with this. It's really funny, but it's like everyone who shits on Arnold Schwarzenegger, I want you to think about this. How about you move to another country where you don't speak the language and learn it after you get there? Win Mr. Universe, take over their entire culture, and then take over one of their biggest states. And, and, <laughs> and marry a Kennedy. And marry a Kennedy. <laughs> and you, cheat on her. Yeah. And she, when you do that, <laughs> yeah. you, okay, w- watch this. I'll wait. You move to Azerbaijan. I'll just keep an eye on my watch. <laughs> yeah, and I'll give you 20 years to make something happen. I'll give you 20 years to take over their culture. <laughs> and become their president. Marry, marry their royalty and become their president. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Lawrence of Arabia shit. <laughs> <laughs> and all while, people still aren't quite sure why it's happening, but they're all going along with it. <laughs> and everyone's like, no, I'm, I'm down with it. Yeah, it's all right. That's good. That's cool. We don't have him as a governor anymore, but for a while there, every other, like, maybe week, I would just kind of go, oh, my God, Arnold Schwarzenegger's our governor. Arnold Schwarzenegger's the governor. I still remember. We're not kidding. Yeah, We're not being the, sarcastic. He really is. That actually happened. I that's, still remember that's when a I... signature on my, uh, on my on college your, diploma. Yeah. I still remember when I first moved here and, you know, a weekend or whatever, I had to go down to the DMV and get, you know, driver's license and all of that. And there was this photo on the wall of oh, the DMV. Just Arnold Schwarzenegger. Just Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right. If you say so. It's just like the whole state of California was being sarcastic. It kind of, yeah. There was, Actually, there was that a, is kind of what happened. There was a theory because that was a multiple, you know, a, a million way runoff. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, um, there was like porn stars in that election. Yeah, there was a there because that was the recall election. There was a there was a there's a theory. Roseanne. There's a theory that the youth turnout was large, was at least partly swayed by the fact you know high school kids registered to vote, so Arnold Schwarzenegger would sign their diploma. That to get it was to get Arnold Schwarzenegger's signature on their diploma when or, they graduated that summer. Even if it's like if there's like a like a nine way split in the election, Stephen Colbert can win that shit. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we yeah, that's, I mean that's I, how we got Sarah Palin. Yeah, a lot of us. Uh, yeah, I I know a lot of me and my friends voted for Schwarzenegger at the time because we're like, fuck it, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah why, not? why not? He's never gonna win. So yeah. you're the reason. He wasn't that bad either. By the way, he wasn't bad. He wasn't great, but no. he, wasn't, he wasn't bad. That's true. This is another this is another great moment right there that I always thought was you know, again a great uh, Charles Dance moment that. Playing that trumpet, if you harm hair on her head, and he goes, "Oh, let's do that." Yeah. He's like, and he's like, yeah, yeah, "Go kill her!" Short stop. Like, go kill her! Wait, yeah. wait, stop! Pulls a hair, goes, "Blink." Now this is absolutely a William Goldman scene. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I, I totally feel the. He's a William, William Goldman, Goldman character. He, William he Goldman wasn't in there first. Added this guy. Well, and a, he's great. Well, a character like this talking about uh, 
uh, Sherlock Holmes and referencing Sherlock yeah, Holmes. Yeah, he's way too movie literate to be anyone else's character. He's, he re- especially his speech at the end where he talks about you know all the other movies he's going to go raid the villains from. No. Right. So like it's the, like whenever like Charles the, dances on the screen, the movie's working for me. Yeah. You know, it's it's those other times. Cause you, well, because Goldman came in. Like, I bet he didn't even touch that. He's like, you That's figure out it, funny. Yeah. This is I'm Goldman's gonna, movie within the other movie. Yeah, I'm going fi- to create a story, mm-hmm. and then you figure out how you want it to be funny, because I'm not sure you know. But here's a villain, <laughs> right? and now there's a point. Nice. I love. I do love his. Uh, you know the subtle little neck tattoo where it's like, wait, who? Who is this guy? Yeah, what's going on with him? I was like, why is he? And he's got one. Of the, he's got it on his arm too. So yeah. you know, he sort of suggests that he's like totally sleeved, and you never see it, of course. Right. But it is kind of like, what's his deal? <laughs> what is this guy's deal? Because it's like you know, this cultured English dude has got you know full on mafia tats. What's going on? Yeah. Like, yeah, weird, you do imagine he's like his entire left side is just covered in tattoos, and you're like, yeah. "What? <laughs> what is this?" There's also like, I love the glass eye thing. I love that it keeps changing it because that's cool. And if I had a glass eye, so would I. Like, I, I would if I ever lose an eyeball, my budget is fucked for months to come <laughs> because I'm gonna have to pay for my medical bills and also like the, the 35 different glass eyes that I'm gonna buy. Exactly. Like, I'm gonna get one that glows in the center like a Terminator eye, and I want to get one with a webcam in it, and I want to get one that just shoots a snake every now and then. Just <laughs> like I'm gonna get all the different glass eyes. It, my, my budget the all like, black one. But there's a thing where, and it's like when he gets home after this scene, he takes out his glass eye, but his eye is still there. Yes. But it's like his eye is totally fine and still there. So I didn't know if it was like he was doing a contact ping pong ball thing over his eyes as a character, or if that was just a weird choice. But like they usually when they, they usually when they take out the like, eye, you see the you know some fleshy innards yeah. and, and they, they didn't have time to do the actual effect, and it's confusing because, because is that what it was? Right. Yeah. Okay, because uh, yeah. because in the in the uh, later on, you know, the, he he leaves his eye behind at the at the scene. Right. And, it's right. Right. Yeah. and, and he gets kid, home and he just like wait, but the kid the kid says, you know, the guy with the missing eye. So yeah, so it's just again confused. Yeah, it's just now fast in post. Yeah, he should have, like, after he took the eye out, he should have kept one closed. Yeah. But instead, he's just walking around with one eye, and they're like, no, no, we'll remove it later. And like, Which I doubt. We'll fix it in post. Yeah, whoops. (laughs) Post is tomorrow. When I was talking about getting my eye accidentally removed or something like that, and then I need to buy a glass eye, in the chat room, Faldor just quietly said, this can be arranged. I know a guy. Stay away from my eyeballs. How did he say it quietly in text? With Astro's tiny font. I don't know. He didn't really do that. I was just affecting it for funniness. Mm-hmm. Although we can get into it, we do the whole podcast in a whisper. This ain't NPR. Stop it. <laughs> Today on Fresh Air. <laughs> Welcome to What Are You Doing Movie. I'm pretty sure Lakshmi Singh isn't a real name. <laughs> oh, poor kid. Poor, poor skeezy. Jinx, you owe me a coke. Skeezy's big moment in the movie, right there. But that that <laughs> she does, does she do a cartwheel she's, out of the room? somersaults out of the room. <laughs> That's genius, but I, I like the the skeezy joke is like the one clear setup and payoff in this entire yeah movie pretty much. Well. This, by the way, oh, and the the burning money, of course. Yeah, which is a really lame setup and yeah. payoff. Did the kid just do that? Yeah, well, he yeah. knocked him off the chair. No, he like somersaulted him over. He the pulled chair. him. He pulled him off that the was, chair. Yeah, he's, he's actually a, an incredibly um, spacious guy. He, he's not very <laughs> dense. He's, he's mostly air. <laughs> he's from New York. Yeah, man. But um, the kid. This is the sort of thing that would never happen because it's like, guys, we should remake Heaven's Gate or remake Ishtar. Like, nope, no one's ever going to try that. But you could totally nail Last Action Hero. You oh, could yeah. make an outstanding 
Last Action Hero. If anyone ever had the balls to say, I think we should remake Last Action, you're fired. Just don't call it that. <laughs> yeah. Call except it. that, except so that you know, this genre is, is effectively is pretty much dead now. They don't really make it. That's true. That's the thing. Is you'd, be, you'd be making Last Action Hero for the action movies of today, which would be... The movie that needs to get Iron, made... Iron, Iron Man. The movie that yeah. needs to get made now is the let's fuck with Transformers movie. You know, because with Pacific Rim and all that kind of stuff, we're just never going to be rid of those. Right. So it's time to, it's time to like, you know, giant robots destroying skyscrapers. Spoof it. Let's do that. Somebody make that happen. Well, Asylum just had their giant uh, uh, robot movie. Yeah, but they don't do spoofs. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Not on purpose. They don't realize that they're doing it that way. That Horizon is... It It looks like a psych. It it looks like a something. Yeah. It was like, well, there, there's awesome. a little effect but, going on yeah. there. And watch this. He does the handstand. Blink. <laughs> of course parkour, he does. Parkour. <laughs> yeah. Really. Oh, the office. Yeah. Oh. Parkour. Parkour. <laughs> and then he goes into the box. <laughs> <laughs> did you see this, the finale? I, no, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't watched any of like the last five seasons, but yeah, I watched the finale. Same. I cried. Oh, maybe I should then. It's on Hulu, I'm sure. I want to cry. Why well, didn't I get to cry? I have to go cry. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, I'll be back. You guys do this. I'll go cry. That's a really cool shot, by the it's way. A, yeah. It's an amazing shot. Yeah. There are some really, like I was saying earlier, there are some actually really fantastic shots in this movie. I mean, it's yeah. it's well directed. Uh, there's when he <laughs> yeah, that McTiernan guy. Yeah, when he when well, uh, well shot when he uh, uh, when when um, Benedict here kills his employer. That's there's only like two shots in that scene, and yeah. they're both great. It goes all the way through the house. Yeah, I like the fake hill that they're about to do with this, just sort of like dutched angle camera thing yeah. where it's like he's clearly like trying to get up his momentum and he's riding on a flat surface but they've just tilted the camera to make it look like he's going downhill so it looks like he's trying really really hard to have basic <laughs> physics work yeah. in his favor he's trying really hard to work with gravity <laughs> like right here yeah. <laughs> they've tilted it some I mean but the trees the background is, is yeah, it's a, it's on, it is on an incline but it's a little bit of an incline but yeah. yeah and here comes Mike's <clears throat> some of those Hollywood hills are they're scary to drive they're on terrifying. just ride a bike yeah. on yeah dude and they're also like really, really thin in places. And so, some of those, uh, yeah. uh, similarly, some of the, uh, some of those big, uh, you know, the the McMansion, some of their driveways. It's like that is that's straight up. Like, how do you it's even a drive? Vert, up it's that? a vert yeah. ramp. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to do flips off of this driveway. Now, see, here's where the and movie's like yeah. joke for the sake of the joke because yeah, this is a you're not, joke. We're not spoofing uh, E.T. Da, 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 da. We're spoofing, you know, action movies, and E.T. is a different kind of movie, guys. So, you know. Again, Phantom Edit, just cut the moonshot. Kid goes over the house, lands on his ass. It would be a very, Great. this is a very interesting candidate Survives for a Phantom hurt. Edit. Because it's yeah. so long, there's actually a lot there you could really work with in addition to, you know, slowing it down to making it, you know, 85 or 90 minutes. There's so much there you have to work with. And yet it also has, it's, it's not evident if it would work to do the Phantom Edit or if like some things that you need are just in, intrinsically tied to things that are like, what I want to get rid of. But I th- it'd be a really interesting thing to try to do. Like I think it, well, I you think could, you, you could improve it, it. You could absolutely improve. Certainly it. improve it. I just wonder if you could make it into like a no holds barred. Nope, that is a good movie now. Just by removing things and rearranging them a little bit. Like I think you could, but it'd be a really interesting project to take on. Well, a lot of these, since so many of the jokes are just a little throwaway. Ha ha! Remember that that was in a movie. Just just trimming around those. Yeah, take those out first. Yeah, and then start sh- crafting your story. Basically, treat the last action hero like your raw footage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. See, and then there's where it gets yeah, confusing, but then you're able to clearly see he's still got an eye in. Yeah, and that's, that's just unfortunate, but there you go. But the idea was that they were going to remove it and they just didn't. I don't know that that's true. I mean, at the time, they wouldn't have really 
They, they, they wouldn't have been in that kind of mindset. I mean, yeah. at, at least but. they should have had it be like a dead eye or something. Yeah, they should have put something in there. Just give him an. Also, a, glass you know, eyes eye usually patch. aren't spheres. Yeah, or have him keep his eye closed. It's the but. one thing Charles Dance can't do. <laughs> he can, I, you know, Charles he, Dance can do anything. He can skin an actual deer on camera <laughs> while he's acting, <laughs> which he actually does at Game of Thrones. He guts a real deer, but uh, can't take his eye out. Some things he just can't do. Although it's it's also entirely possible that given the the fast shooting schedule and stuff, like they were all just too exhausted to even <laughs> yeah, right. think of that. They Did were he like, keep his eye open? I don't know. There's no no yeah, nobody. <laughs> I don't know. No, nobody was like, wait, didn't he just take his eye out? Just fuck you, man. We can't stop. <laughs> just go. It's midnight. It's like today yeah. we are shooting the he takes his eye out shots. Takes out his eye and let's get a shot of him walking between before he puts in the other eye. Uh. uh. <laughs> Sir, shut up. Yeah. Give me a coffee. We forgot to have him put in his other eye. So? <laughs> Too late. We got to go to the premiere. It's, a, it's yeah. comedy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're 15 minutes late for yeah. the movie listen, opening. Get in the limo. We're, we're late going for to the, the screening. We're making, listen. We're late for the premiere. We're perfect. making a spoof. If something doesn't make sense, that's the joke. <laughs> okay. Just keep saying that. Yeah. I love I love this aspect, though. The, the, the idea that we're just looking into the corner of this world at a time... We wouldn't if the movie were being played straight, yeah. which is just the tons and tons of paperwork that, that come with, <laughs> yeah. and then the cleanup. So I do these, like this guy. These guy's actually do this, this is a fun this, is, this is a good joke, too. The kid pulls out a... And he's your, I would assume that like half the people listening to this episode are not watching yeah. the movie, if not more. Maybe never seen it. But what he's doing is he's taking out a notepad. We don't see what he writes, and he basically implores Arnold to say the yeah. word that's on the pad. He's like, I'm not going to say it. He's like, you can't. <laughs> Because this is a PG-13 movie. <laughs> and you can't say this you word. You can't say it. But can't you say the F word once? You can once? say it once, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, as it's, long as it's, it's, it's non-sexual general, content. Not a, with an Austrian accent, though. It's too scary. Yeah. It's a, Fuck! Schnell! Other German jokes. This comes down to the, how the rating board feels about it when you, when yeah, you say it. Mike, if you'd like, I can adjust your mic so you can lean back. I can adjust it if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> you look uncomfortable. You're not the boss of no, his mic. Fine. Yeah. Look at that kid in his stupid face. Aw. Trey's a very nice boy. Well, nice man now. Is he grown up now? Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe he, like, was involved in a hit and run and just kept going. Like, just never looked back. (laughs) Jesus. Maybe he did. You don't know. Don't we know somebody who knows him? Do we? I think so. Oh, God, we do. Doggins. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Don't tell him about this place. Nobody tell Doggins that this episode happened. (laughs) Yeah. He's like he's like Jake Lloyd. Like, I'm sure he's never heard anyone. He's, Shane Black in an interview said he sucked. I mean, yeah. what, Shane what, Black in an interview said he was the worst thing that Western culture ever did. Yeah, that's so. whatever we say. I, I think he's probably going to be okay. Yeah. And I don't think he's that bad. No, he's, he's not actually that bad. It's just he's, I like him in this. I'm trying to I'm trying to put my finger on what the thing is because it's not like he doesn't sell. It's not like he looks like he's reading lines like he's kind of a dazed four-year-old. Like, I don't know what the line is. He's actually, like, performing. It's just like he's... I don't know if he's, like, overperforming or if he's, like, too smarmy or something. Like, it's just some, like... You know who could have done this, actually? Like, the kid who was Tom... Like, Josh Baskin's friend in Big. Like, that kid? The little redheaded dude in Big? Like, that kind of guy who's more of... I don't know. But this is a different performance, even though I can't tell why. What What is this kid doing that's so weird? Has anyone in the chat room figured this out? Does anyone, the kid probably... <laughs> What's wrong with this kid? Oh, wow. <laughs> We've got to figure this out. <laughs> Wait, what? Brian, you're an actor. It's just... Not really. Explain his choice. F. Murray, I, I, destroying it. Kid, not. What's the problem? I, I really think he's just... 
if if he's doing this intentionally, and like I said three times already, I don't know if he is, but I think he's doing the in genre version of that character of of what that kid would do. And I think we're just reacting to how yeah. awful of a character that is. It's well, it's just too broad. It's not. Yeah. You, you don't. You know, he's. And and like you said, it's confusing because it's like he's not buying into the reality that he's in, but that's kind of like he knows but that's it's the, the movie, performance that he's giving. And that's the performance, but at the same time, he's. I'm not sure I feel him buying into the reality of I'm a real kid in a movie. I feel like he's he's a this is so exciting. I'm working with Arnold Schwarzenegger kid, you know? Yeah, well, maybe. They're saying in the chat that he was rushed. Um, well, that's and that's. I think that's part of it too. Is again, it's 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 partly it's editorial. It's the fact that you know the whole production was rushed. It's a huge thing. You know, you're gonna you're gonna get the take you get. Trey likes this scene. I'm gonna build, I do like this scene. There's always a guy in there. You have no idea how much money I spend on closet doors. And the fact that he that's has a great joke. And the fact that he has all the same outfit and all the same gun. You know, nice little touch there. I just I'm always fascinated by you know this this clearly is a real apartment I'm like what is what what poor sad person lives in this apartment in real life <laughs> the full now? bay window of the highway wow we got lots of those in L A they are that's, especially that's, in Hollywood you know, yeah that's people used to you know well in this neighborhood especially the 101 I mean you know some yeah. streets got cut in half it's like I had a nice house and then they built a freeway next to it that's mm-hmm. happening right at the 405 101 interchange where there's like these really nice big houses that are losing the the two feet of yard that they previously had to this massive interchange that's just going through this like ritzy neighborhood like uh-huh uh-huh uh you're rich so fuck you build build a, build, a, build a house that's really nice where you don't think there's ever a chance in hell they're going to need to put a road there. Uh, namely, in a city where there's only two ways around those mountains, not in one of the holes. Now, here's where the movie starts to transition from being about the kid to being about Slater, yeah. which is gets much more interesting because you know Schwarzenegger, he doesn't quite pull it off. He didn't quite have the chops. He, he pulled it off much better for a number of reasons in True Lies, where True Lies was the movie you go, hey, Schwarzenegger can kind of act, actually. And, and um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great moment right there where he's explaining how even the trope that he used is totally bullshit <laughs> yeah. and what the deeper, much sadder truth of that trope is. Exactly. It's like, I've, I've, of course, um, you know, my ex-wife would be able to tell that if I did the tape recorder yeah. gag that she would know that She's it was not a tape an idiot. recorder. Yeah. You know, the fact that, you know, that it really he's, he's disturbed that his daughter is this little gunslinger. He's like, why can't she be like a regular kid? <laughs> so, you know, it's like, it's, it's really interesting. It gets really, you know, the, the inner life of the action movie character who doesn't know he's in a movie, but he just knows his life is weird and it sucks. Yeah. He's, and, and he doesn't, he doesn't know it's a movie, but he still sees the patterns involved. Yeah. And the patterns are really terrible. And the whole idea is like, if you know, that's yeah. When you're not, you know, driving backwards down the freeway and having an exciting chase scene, this is what, this is the implication of what the rest of your life looks like. You know, this is the off screen life of that kind of character. So. I'll tell you this though. I was watching this movie this morning to catch up on it. Uh, Cause I'd seen it once before. And um, I, I was like, Cool. This movie's moving on. At least the, the pacing is good because we're coming up on the end here. This is perfect. Yeah. Here's where because the, this the whole, I, I like this gag. I'm not sure what it is. I don't either. My yeah. my. We're looking at it. We're watching them drive, and in the background, cars are just randomly spinning. My out. guess is, I I don't know this, but my guess is it's this is the take on on those old like old style style process the rear shots. projection the stuff. rear projection stuff where where the car just seems to be weaving back and forth <laughs> because they couldn't really get a steady like process shot so he's actually just weaving back and forth the, uh, across I, the, I the would tend to think it's more it's 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 definitely an action movie trope that hey we're chasing the bad guy 
let's ignore the fact that clearly we killed 20 bystanders on the freeway. So literally just driving from one place to another, he's causing accidents (laughs) and no one cares about that. Yeah, that's that's funny. Isn't that Nakatomi Tower behind them? No, they're in Long Beach. Well, they're on their way to Long Beach. No, this, no, is, I guess this, I, is, this yeah, is Long Beach. Yeah, no, you're right. It looks You could tell because it looks like Florida. Yeah, they're in yeah. Long Beach and then the tar pits. Yeah, the tar pits are yeah, there. They literally build. That's, yeah. that's, I'm well, sorry, that's, sir, the oil pits. Again, that's that's the the funny thing about that's Anyone who lives in L.A. knows that geography and movie L.A. is very strange. Yeah. Um, this, is, this sequence here is like you were saying, I think we were kind of saying, this is the biggest wrong move in the thing. Um by the way, is that Ian McKellen right there? No. Uh, that did look like him, actually. I don't think it is. Well, you may be right. I, I doubt it. But uh, not, the, not the guy he was, like, shaking no, shoulders. No, just in the background. Just just another guy I, I saw it, but, yeah, but, but I only the question saw would be why, because he's, yeah. he's in New York. But I guess he was also here because he's in the theater, so it's potentially possible. Um, and a joke that makes no sense whatsoever. Um, but well, this, his name was Leo the Fart, so he's activated by pulling his finger. He no, Ian McKellen being in the background oh, is a yeah. joke that makes that's a mo- yeah. that's a joke that makes way too much sense and is just bad. Yeah, <laughs> um, but the whole Leo the fart thing again. This is where the question is: Okay, are they spoofing bad movies or being a bad movie? Because literally, he had to explain that entire exposition in the car, and it had never been mentioned before in this entire movie. This entire setup. Yeah, so, but it's also the <clears throat> ending of the movie that as of as of this scene. Yes, yeah, this is the end of the Slater movie. Yeah, the kid doesn't have any. He's not. It's. This feels very much like it should be the end of the movie because, A, we're an hour and ten minutes in and we're about to go into the, this big set piece, so it feels like, yeah, we're wrapping it up now. And, B, it's the end of the story as it was established in the beginning of the movie, which is this kid goes into the world where he knows how the world works and he knows the beginning of the story. He can help him solve the crime and be a part of that world while it's happening. After this is done, the movie is just sort of vamping and it, and it, ch- it ch- sort of moves to a different ending. Like, it tries something else. Uh, which is cool, and I like as an artifact of that structure being very odd that the movie ends in the real world because there you know what the stakes are. That's good. Um, so it's been this flight of fancy, and then you get to the real world, and it's like, all right, now this is fucking serious. Cool. Um, but it's so odd because this feels very much like the end of the movie because it is. I mean, well, in the story of Jack Slater in this particular day, this is the end of the movie. This would be the that, end of that I, movie. I, I like that, though. That's... Because but there's an I, hour and, I, and a half to go. Well, yeah, maybe the third act is too too long. Maybe maybe the, the problem is the fourth act is the problem. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the issue because it's when a movie is done really well, the, the second the end of the second act is a false, false resolution. resolution. Yeah. yeah, and you go, okay, the movie's end. Oh no, there's more. Right. So I think that's what they're trying to do here. It's just but you know what it's unbalanced. actually oddly reminiscent of, and this was not their plan. They don't get the credit for this, but I like it. It's an accident on their part, but I like it. This is both. Last Action Hero and Last Action Hero 2 in one movie. It's the kid goes into the world and then it's the world comes into the kid's world. It's both sides of this thing where it's like it's the reversal of the whole first movie, <laughs> Last Action Hero. Well, so uh, cause, you know, and you then, the- okay, here we just had, we had a callback to the change yourself to the pipe thing and this weird revolving uh, tra- uh, revolving wipe of that was, that seemed like a weird they they intentionally did this setup at the beginning to pay it off here, right? And something got lost, and it's not actually a setup and payoff. The revolving that, wipe. Well, no, not the revolving wipe. the The fact that he tells here, chain yourself to the pipe, and the kid is chained to right. the pipe. Well, the payoff is that he has the he key, has key from the last time he got chained to the pipe, and that's how he gets out. Oh yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's it's one of the few payoffs that actually works. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. Well, it's like it's what you were. It's, it sounds like what you were saying before, Mike, where you said the original draft was the kid goes into the movie. And the whole coming back out into the real world 
wasn't the original story. Yeah, that's that's just right at the end, obviously. So they've the literally they literally right have now. along the course of all the rewrites, they literally did graft on yet another act yeah. to what the existing story was. Yeah. Which is great, but then it makes the movie feel overlong and overstuffed and a little ponderous. Yeah. And for me, this sequence is the longest. This is the sequence that, and, it, and and they do all the action tropes, and it's exciting, and he's hanging off an elevator, and there's a machine gun, and they, all that. They, you know, they spent billions and millions and millions of dollars on it, and I, I think it would have been better for the movie if they'd found a way to kind of skip over this, and instead of having this climax fall out back into New York and get that started, yeah, well, and that, do that instead, yeah, and have the, I mean. I think uh, I think Danny's presence in this world and knowing the tropes should have short circuited the plot of the movie. Yeah, that he, that he, he literally into. could like negate the ending by yeah. going, "He's the bad yeah. guy. He's the bad guy. He's going to kill everybody." And they, you know, if you if you could just get away with a, you know, anticlimactic. Oh well, that's solved. Now yeah. what? Well, as he like, as he tries to do, because he, he says at the beginning, you know, this guy killed Mozart, and yeah. you know, if yeah, he fingered it, him as the one of the bad guys from the beginning. Yeah. But if you, but they don't really use that to, to like you guys say shortcut the the climax. But so they could have done that where it's like yeah. oh yeah now you just got to kill you know the glass eye guy let's go get him oh shit he went back to the real world yeah uh, now it's an hey everybody third act <laughs> it's like uh it's like the the Simpsons joke oh, everything's nice and wrapped up yeah oh, much quicker than usual <laughs> <laughs> what do we do now so yeah I think that's it's just that this is you know a, a perfectly executed standard big budget action movie finale that you is kind of superfluous where you kind of go, yeah, okay, you know, we, we all know you guys can do this. We all know you can do the thing and the stunts are fine. And, you know, and we haven't mentioned the fact that for reasons like this and for others included at the time, this ended up being like the second most expensive movie Hollywood had ever made. Yeah. It was one of the most expensive of, of its time, you know, and that means that it's sort of like, it's sort of like the equivalent of, they make Avatar, and then everyone in the world thinks Avatar sucks. Yeah, you know it's hard. Which to people keep thinking is going to happen to Cameron. They're like, "Oh, this time, yeah, this time <laughs> he's gonna eat it." Nope. Uh-uh. He's one Not of the so few far. who's managed to avoid that curse. I was, I was just showing a Strange Days to someone who'd never seen it before the other day. She was like, "Holy shit, where was this movie? Who made exactly. this movie? This is an amazing movie." Exactly. I'm like, "Jim Cameron, Catherine Bigelow." <laughs> She's like, "Oh, how come I've never heard of it?" I'm like, "I don't know, man." It's you should have heard of it. Yeah, yeah. But this is a movie. I, I think this is one of those movies that's unfairly mal- like we've talked about the problems at length, obviously. But I, I still think it's not as quite as bad as as you would. Th- it's you know, it's not Catwoman. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, a perfectly yeah, watchable no. movie. Yeah. But Waterworld is better. Sure. Waterworld is just it feels more like a story well told, a weird story yeah. that went way over budget. Waterworld is just is just it's a story that works. N- no pun intended. Waterworld is was sunk by its uh you know its reputation more than its, its own quality. PR. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to see yeah. if you're going for the double pun. That would have been amazing. It was sunk by its water. I don't know. Yeah. But so was this one to a certain extent. Yeah. It was it was there was, there was buzz on this movie beforehand. It had that you know, unfortunate, uh, completely superfluous, really, but. <clears throat> you know, it's connection to the World Trade Center bombing, which was superfluous and ridiculous, but, you know, one of those knee-jerk things that just happens sometimes where... I love the fact that there are nuns there. Yeah, and they're never going to open fire later. Yeah, but yeah. This, this, this is another one of those like weird choices that I don't know how I feel about it, where the joke should be like, oh, there's a lot of people with guns here randomly. Yeah. Not literally everyone, including, like, nuns and, like, you know, uh, fucking... The old woman, the, yeah. the grandmother. Yes, yeah. and also the fact that this this is suddenly playing very farcical, which again, like this is a scene from Jane Austen's mafia. Exactly. It's over the top and silly, which, which 
you know, it's you can look at an action movie finale and say, well, this is silly, but they're not playing it silly. Right. It just is silly. It's not that the entire funeral is stalked by like, you know, what am I thinking of? We're like whirling, spinning, whirling girl, nun thing, religious. Oh, flying Sally nun. Field. <laughs> yes. Not, but yeah, sure. Uh, whatever. Wingings? What is it? What are the things? The, the, they... Oh, it's, what, beanies? Propellers? No, the... Use your the, words. The, the yeah. <laughs> female spiritual individuals who are noted for spinning in circles. Dervishes. Whirling dervishes. dervishes. Thank you. Like this whole funeral full of like guys in tuxedos and old ladies and nuns and whirling dervishes and they all pull out Uzis. Like all of them pull out Uzis. <laughs> well, is, that's where dervish comes from? I had no a whirling problem. dervish is, a, yeah, it's an Arab, Arabian dancer oh. who spins. Um, it's, uh, well, it's a mob funeral, so they're all mobsters is the setup. So... That's that's what that's the justification right. for it. So, right. So the fact that almost all of them have guns is fine and sensible, but up to and including the nuns, <laughs> the nuns, it, the that that is spaceballs yeah. territory. Then that's just silly for the sake of being silly. Yeah. yeah. There's an hour movie, hour movie left. Yeah. Well, it gets interesting again after this. This is kind of. <laughs> it will. We just have to get through this fucked up exceedingly is- well staged, expensive action sequence. Yeah, it's a good. It's a really good sequence. It's just kind of like it. It, you know, you could cut most of it. Well, the problem is if we're doing our phantom edit or all of it, really. we simultaneously yeah. need to cut all of this, and we can't because the entire setup of the movie is leading to this. And then, you know, the premise pays out for the next hour, not the original, you know. Well, if we could find a way to phantom edit, have action this beats. be shortened. Well, you could, again, you could take out the slapstick stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could, you could, again, you could improve it. You should definitely do that. And, and, and this is fine. I mean, you know, just, just get to this faster. Just, you know, cut out all the wacky slapsticky stuff. Get to him in the elevator. The kid saves him. Ta-da. You know, just, just get that lean and mean and tight as you can. I straight up kind of want to do that. I've never done a, <laughs> an editing project that large, but I kind of want to try. Well, you do that because I've still got to find time to do it with the Hobbit later. So I can't, I can't do both of them. Mike, no one has that. The Hobbit's time. easier though. You just cut some walking, yeah. and some singing. And you're, you're are you going to do the the Hobbit before the other two? I can't decide. I haven't decided yet. Are you really mm. going to do it? I, I probably not, but I want to. <laughs> I want to see if I can. This so, is yeah. pretty gnarly here. You know, this is well done. This this one shot where he's hanging, and then the thing breaks off. Yeah. It's real like it's really super well slow motion. It's really well yeah, this one right here. It's a process shot, but it's beautifully staged because then the crane also comes in. It's an amazing uh, little yeah. shot for for this era. Certainly, it's very much it's it's Hans Gruber. You know, it's the yeah. same technology, but they've just upped the ante by having it be daylight and uh, having a prop, and then also adding the the background. Yeah, that that that's ex- that shot. The way they did that shot, it's it's more complicated than than it looks, and they explain it at some length in the Cinefix article, and I cannot understand what they're talking about. <laughs> I have actually like, wait, they had because like the they were both he and the camera were on descender rigs, but it's like he, but the camera doesn't move, so I don't understand why that would have been or any of that. So it's, it's I'm very confused by the uh, by the article. Maybe but. the camera was ascending just to get him farther away from it. It might have been, yeah. Put the descender rig on in reverse. I don't know. That would make sense. Well, yeah. normally that's the way you do it. Normally he would just be hanging on a wire and the camera's going up and that's how you get the sense of him falling. But apparently he really was falling against a big green, uh, big blue screen. They made this whole thing up, by the way. That's yeah. a set. Yeah. That yeah. is not what the Liberia Tarpits are The Liberia Tarpits like. are not in Long Beach. Nor is that yeah. really what Tar looks like. 
Well, it's kind of what tar looks like, like until you the, actually go swimming in it. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I mean. Well, that's yeah. That looks quite a bit like tar right there. It's just that when he goes into it and it splashes and bubbles, this movie like, usually gives the impression that the Liberia Tar Pits is literally like a pool that yeah. was installed. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> this is right by the it's, Long it's, Beach it's Aquarium. Like a, it's like a soy sauce pool. Yeah. Although uh, you know, hands up, except for the green, uh, hands up for uh, at least getting very, very black looking fluid. That's yeah. That's, that's I'm probably that's probably a similar mixture to the kind of stuff we used on the blob it's like some kind of methicil or something i think i think they actually probably should have used that because i think it's too it's still too thin it's you know, weird how just, it's whatever it is it's, it's not adhering to his eyes yeah, yeah. he's methicil resistant yeah <laughs> so again that was the first half see, of a good mercy pun come see, on see that's the joke they're doing for the movie yeah that's the for the sake of the movie no well he does openly point it out he's there like, is well, the, yeah, there, there is definitely a, off. there is definitely the movie joke coming up where yeah. he cleans himself off methicil resistant so I guess that's supposed to be a bubble of tar, but it's just not real. Yeah, I think it's, it's supposed to be like a bubble of like the explosion went off underwater. The, ex- yeah. the nerve gas explosion went off. The bubble is coming up and then it, it dissipates instead yeah. of but bursting. I, I, I like that's a great reversal, a great inversion of the trope in terms of everything blows up at the end of an action movie. And here the the point of suspense it's is the fact that it bubble. doesn't. Oh, God, blow. don't blow up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But it, it, yeah, it's it's tough to read. It feels like it's a big turtle about to come out of the yeah. the tar or something. It's a practical effect that could have used a little sweetening. Yeah. Now this again, we're sort of back to the right tropes where she just drives across everything, destroys everything in her path, <laughs> yeah. and and and, he, and the kid goes, "That was weird." And they're like, "What? That's not weird." And I brought you some clean clothes, Dad, just for the heck of it. Yeah, because it's a movie. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the kind of. That's the kind of thing they should be doing. They should just be living in a heightened world where it's like they just they don't care about roads. They just drive wherever they want. And yeah. No one comments on it. It's just you know that's that's the world. And there's always parking out front. And, yeah. and the kid goes, "That's really convenient." Yeah, yeah. The, the parking would be great. He's like, "Do you realize that anywhere you go in Los Angeles, you just park and nobody cares?" <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah, it's so good here. Yeah. I've seriously gotten like two parking tickets in the last month. When is the last time we were stuck in traffic? When? I've been here a week. When was the last time we were stuck in traffic? You know, it's like, okay, so here's... He just went down the entire 405 at 5 o'clock in the evening. Anytime you want to go somewhere, you just drive there. It's amazing. Yeah. And you had to slow down to 60 around that one turn once. Yeah. Yeah. So here, these are the uh, the shots that are pretty impressive in, in terms of how they're staged, especially the next one. Um, it's a nice house. I know it, it's one of those amazing with the right after swim, I want this house when it cuts outside. Yeah, this shot it follows him around. It goes up and over and man, it, and it's like at a Dutch angle, framing both of them perfectly with him pointing the gun. This is like yeah. I, I just that's, that's this hardcore. shot and and I don't I I was it's looking. I'm like shot. I can't see any marks or anything. They just nailed they just it. Did it? Yeah. Normally you can see marks. I haven't actually ever noticed that. No, but I'm like, I was looking for them. Like maybe you could. Like but, maybe something will slip yeah. into frame. Yeah. Then, yeah. That happens at a shot in Ocean's Eleven. Mm. Uh, there's a dolly shot. It's right when they're walking down one of the hallways back in the casino. It's around the time when he makes the joke about Tope being very soothing. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, following them down this hallway. Like the camera's moving backwards on these tracks. And then they go around a corner. And as the camera pans over, you just see dolly tracks just in the middle of the hallway. Whoops. Yep. <laughs> Although he might have been standing on his, but he he like swims over and and you know it's like boom, perfect. <laughs> he had to hit a mark in a swimming pool. Yeah, exactly. That's a mark of a professional there. Hey, you people who know a lot about lenses, let me ask you this. I know why focus changes, but why does the actual? Oh, you sort just of... saw the crude dude. Yeah, yeah you, you see the whole crew in the, in the glass back there. Yeah. Nice. 
I know why the well, focus... But now he's talking to them, so it's okay. Yeah, why, <laughs> why, why the focus changes. But why does it actually appear to actually distort the image? Like, there's actually a scale... Well, this is because it's, because it's anamorphic. It's the... Uh, th- this particular... Uh, well, the breathing it's, right. is what it's called. Um, it's just... Um, depends on how the uh, the lenses are put together. You know, the more expensive lenses are designed, so more pieces of them move to right. to avoid that. Um, and so, ideally, things go in and out of focus, but they don't change scale. Um, but usually, like if you were trying to match a visual effect where there's a rack focus in the shot, you also it's not just blur it; it's also you have to do a little bit of a distortion right, to match right. whatever's going on. Yeah, in the that's just because of the way that lenses work, and and particularly with anamorphic lenses, not only do you get the regular breathing, but anamorphic lenses are designed in such a way that um, because of the the squeezing, they they adjust so that whatever you're focused on is getting just the right amount of squeezing because early anamorphic lenses, like if you focus too close, things would get uh, not squeezed so enough. So you face get, would like, actually get flatter. You get, well, no, no, you get fat face yeah. if it got too close. Um, so they so they redesigned the lenses and stuff so that as you kind of pull the focus closer, it, it gives it more of a squeeze to be able to, to uh, maintain that, which is why you get the vertical bokeh because the stuff in the background is getting more and more squeezed as you, as you pull forward. But that also means if you're pulling focus from front to back, things are going to stretch vertically as they as they fall in and out of focus. Yeah. The the real answer is trigonometry. Trig. Goddamn. Lots trig. of trigonometry. Here's also a weird thing. Math again. What do we know about the bad guy's plan as of now? He doesn't he, have one yet. Yeah, he's just going to go over there and be bad. Well, his 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 plan is I can go like just he literally says I can go steal whatever I want and come back and they can't get me because <laughs> I'm in a different universe. So, so far that's that's his only plan, but then he gets here and he's like this is so much more fucked up than where I come yeah. from. This I, is awesome. Which is I one of my favorite scenes. They don't care. Yeah, this, yeah. There's, a very, there's a very similar scene in a movie that uh, is a little clunky now if you watch it, but has a lot of good stuff. Time After Time, if you've ever seen it. Uh-uh. Um, time After Time was Nicholas Meyer's first movie before he uh, made that Star Trek one that uh, should never have been remade. And uh, he... Because it was based on uh, a script that he wrote, and he directed it. So it's kind of clunky. It's with Malcolm McDowell is H.G. Wells, and he's it, it, the trope is that... H.G. Wells actually built a time machine um, and he has it in his basement and he has his all his Victorian friends over, one of whom, unbeknownst to H.G. Wells, is Jack the Ripper. Hmm. Jack the Ripper steals the time machine and comes to modern day San Francisco. This is awesome so far. Yeah. Check it out. Time after time, it's called. Um, so Jack the Ripper escapes into modern, then modern, mid-70s San right. Francisco. Um, the time machine returns on its own. H.G. Wells figures out what's happened chases him so the movie is about hg wells chasing jack the ripper in 1975 77 san francisco that is awesome and both of them trying to and so hg wells and one of the fun things about the movie is hg wells is living in the world of the future and so he gets to experience everything he got right and everything he got wrong about what the future was going to be like this is great but jack the ripper has a great scene his great scene is when he finally gets confronted by hg wells and uh and Ishi Wells says, I need to take you back to justice. And, and Ripper has this great speech where he just turns on the television and starts flipping channels mm-hmm. and everything is violence and death and war and football. And he goes, in my time, I was a freak. Here, I'm an amateur. Yeah. And, and so he's all about, just go home. I belong here. I'm home now. I'm in the right place for the first time in my life. So it's, time after time, you said. Time after time. That sounds awesome. I'll and uh, so it's uh, it's a little clunky and it's cheap and low budget and, and you know Meyer was not a great director, but uh, there's a lot of really fun stuff in it. There's a great little cut coming here that makes this 
just a, a subtle effect yeah, that makes it Yeah, this is a really work. nice practical stunt. Yeah. You can see the cable. You can totally see the cable. Well, you can... You can uh, <laughs> Nowadays, we'd paint it Right out. here, he gets out. So yeah, you see nice him, wipe. and there's a wipe he, and a cut. He's in the car, and now the yeah. car's moving. Yeah. So it, it feels like one. It feels like it was one shot, and yeah. so you, it feels like Schwarzenegger was in that car when it went kablam. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great bit. The idea is that the wires are connected to the car, and that's how they're powering it and steering it, probably. It's, well, that's how. That's as, how you as, as, as opposed to RC. No, the car is not driving at all. It's being motivated by the cable. Oh, is it? Because it's so slack. No, you pull. You actually. Like, actually like, right, like, maybe that is. Maybe that is. Maybe it was a remote control steering. Yeah. Right. Maybe it was that. Now this is a weird thing. I love the. I I love this little exchange right here. He's like, I had an airbag. It is I knew a good he- bit, except that he shouldn't be aware of this world right. and those kind of rules. It's it's a great joke, but yeah. it doesn't quite yeah. work. I like I, I do like the joke where he's like, Look, <laughs> I'm not so stupid that I didn't take some precautions. <laughs> yeah. I knew that I'd be fine. Except it's again, it's it's it just doesn't feel right. It's it's something he should do later. Once yeah. he's learned the rules of yeah, this yeah, world. Yeah. 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 He learns it's, faster it's, than the bad guy does. Because he's because he's now gonna, you know. Well, he try and shoot an empty gun. He's going to break a window with his fist and go, "Hey, what?" You know, but suddenly he's all savvy here. Right. It's the timing is off. The other weird thing is, I like the idea of the bad guy going through and saying, "Oh, we're going to do this whole ending where I'm going to get all the bad guys from all the movies and like have this like weird, you know, cinematic Avengers thing happening." But that doesn't really play off, except for fucking Gandalf as the Grim Reaper who comes in, and the movie tells us has his powers. Because he, he's, as he's walking by a guy, he touches his shoulder and then he starts choking and he falls down. But he doesn't fall down. But he is. It is implied that Jack, he just yeah, killed but that Jack Slater yeah. doesn't. He doesn't have any of his move. The movie universe physics don't transition when you go from movie universe to real universe. So he's just a guy now. But the Grim Reaper is the Grim Reaper. <laughs> death is still death. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's, and also, apparently, you he make has, an excellent point. Strangely enough, and, and also his list apparently includes Danny. Which yeah. is odd. So that's actually death. Because, yes, in movie universe, really death. because in movie universe, they had absolutely no record of him because yeah. he didn't exist in that universe. Yeah. I love the. He knows who Danny is, but he doesn't know who Jack Slater is. Exactly. Yeah. I love, I actually, I love what they did with this character in the sense that he's, he's such a movie nerd that as soon as they tell him what's going on, he's like, oh, I totally get it. I understand all the rules. Oh my God, I knew problem. it. Yeah. No, yeah. well, it's not just I knew it. He was like, it, it, it's like there's, there's a couple of moments here where they're like, oh, you know, this just, he's like, well, you need the ticket. Obviously, we need the piece of the ticket because it's not going to work otherwise. And it's like he's laying out the rules because he's like, I've seen enough movies that I just yeah. there are. He's totally on board. Yeah. It just takes no time <laughs> he, to get up to speed. He, he takes no time to get up to speed. He's like, I see what's going on here. I understand what yeah. the rules are. And connecting that also with the Ian McKellen bit, I do like that. Death is like you're not that bright though. Like right now, I'd be thinking yeah. there's a whole other half. Of now the ticket I will say right out there. to this movie's credit, the first time I saw it, surprising but inevitable, that totally landed for me. <laughs> yeah. Even though there is yeah. a there is a there is a Red October Cook shot. Of the ticket, but that's later. Um, but uh, you know, Hey McTiernan, he can't help himself. What are you going to do? But uh, but I, I, I totally did. You know, as soon as Death goes, what about the other? Half? I was like, oh, of course, fucking hell! But uh, you know, I didn't see it coming. I thought for me, it landed. Yeah. Houdini. Eric yeah. Weiss. Eric Weiss. Jew. Is that Houdini's real name? Yeah. Yeah. Eric Weiss. I like spelled different than Rachel, though. Yeah. So is Eric. It's spelled different. Yeah. With an H. Just making up words now. <laughs> Erich. <laughs> making up names to give the Erich kids. Erich Weiss. That's him. Look at all these flares. It's amazing. Like, yeah. it's a very flary movie. What are you doing, J.J. Abrams? Get out of here. <laughs> you don't know how to make it's, a movie. It's almost Lens like flares. it's Die Hard or something. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, you know, I love the... This is this is an amazing scene yeah. where he was like, uh, do you have any idea how fucked up I am emotionally <laughs> yeah. all the time? 
and you just get to walk yeah. away. He just had the big realization <laughs> yeah. where he saw the poster, you know, which is like again, it's like now the movie gets is suddenly really interesting and stays pretty and heady, interesting, yeah. pretty interesting to the end. You know, it's like now the movie becomes much more grounded, much more interesting, and much better than just let's do you know lethal weapon jokes. And then he crushed a walkie-talkie, and yeah. then there was a bunch of Uzis at the funeral, and then you know it's just this is. And the, and the the evil plot included a dead guy farting. Yeah. Ah. But now it's like, yeah, it's like if they could have gotten here a half hour sooner. I'm a monster. Sooner, <laughs> yes. If they could have gotten here a half hour sooner, this would be such a stronger movie. Yeah. It's, I'm, I've got half a mind, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> I think you could totally do I, it. I really would like to try. You get easily, if nothing, if you just cut out the, I mean, we've identified at least... 15 like no that's not the right no like my first thing i would do is i would just literally load it into premiere as one chunk with audio and video mixed like it's just there right Just straight lifts and then just literally just watch the movie in premiere and go nope uh, and just take out all the really stupid bullshit first it's like okay now here's what i have to work with what do i do now and then you start doing your editing from and the movie even gives you the helpful trope of uh it has it has the trope of wipes yeah exactly you need a transition just zing just sweep on by iris (laughs) The mom, weird, every beat with the mom is weird once you've seen the entire movie and know how the movie's playing out, because it's just like, well, then she's an interesting detail in this movie that is kind of not really utilized for anything story, really. She, she but, also, but she I also doesn't get a, a full arc, yeah. and it really feels like they're setting her up for one, or to, to play a, a major part in it. But I love the but actress, and one. I think she does a great job. She had a tough, she has a tough track record with kids. She had this other kid who that suddenly turned into Tom Hanks overnight and was missing. It was a real bitch for is her. Is that the same mom? That's the mom from Big. Yeah. No way. Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall directed Big. She, Penny, she drew League of Their Own. She like Penny Marshall's a badass director. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> Penny Marshall knew. That's so cool. That's Tom so- Hanks is a really funny Penny Marshall impression. YouTube it. Look at this guy. He's such a badass, dude. He's yeah. great. Like he's Just a more dance, menacing. Man. He's like a really menacing version of Walter Peck. I love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, who was who was originally uh, who they wanted for the role? Clearly, but that didn't work out for them, and they failed up. Let me tell you, because yeah. he he is he's got all the gravitas in the world. And the fact that he, even he can't deal with how grotesque the real world is. Yeah. Where he's like, oh, this is a hooker. That's gross. How old are you? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love the idea that you know at the time when when people kind of you know the uproar about violence in movies was hitting a fever pitch. This movie makes the point that it's like if they came here, they would be horrified <laughs> by like yeah. what we do. At least there are consequences. Yeah, this moment in, movies. in particular where he's like, they watch. He watches a guy kill someone else, and he's like, take his shoes. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, really. Like not to take over the world, just to get yeah. the guy's shoes. But then he, I'll kill someone to take over the world. Yeah, I won't kill someone to take their shoes. But then he, but then he does. He's like, I'm just gonna kill someone for no reason. And there's the great, <laughs> I've just killed someone <laughs> on and I purpose. Did it on purpose. Yeah. And someone Shut tells up him down there. Yeah, and he's like, This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is okay. This is. I'm never leaving here. Yeah. This is fantastic. I mean, again, the movie starts to make sense. There's a plot it, it now. Be, it becomes a character piece. There's a plot now. The plot starts. This plot suddenly makes perfect sense. It's like I want to stay here forever. My only problem is Jack Slater. I have to get rid of him. I have to get the ticket and I have to get rid of Slater, and then it's a paradise for me forever. It's actually kind of similar to Demolition Man in that way. Now that I think it, of it. kind of is, it's it's very it's and it's, it's bear in mind it's William Goldman's plot playing out now. Yeah, like now we're basically all on Goldman all the time, which funny that <laughs> he's good. He's worth that million. Shane Black and William Goldman both worked on the same movie, and the movie was still kind of weird, huh? That we, is, it's that a strange, is actually really it's a strange world tragic. that we live in. It's like it's like. <laughs> 
I don't know. It's like if Aaron yeah, Sorkin both. and Joss Whedon wrote a movie and it kind of sucked. <laughs> well, what? How did like, that happen? Yeah, but I'm sure they'd be like, oh, in our defense, we both had a week each yeah, and really. they were already shooting. And they wouldn't let us talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. This was one of the early examples of the release date was set when the green light happened. Yeah. They knew, they, they knew, well, first of all, the problem was not that they had a release date, just that the release date was like the come, like next week. And then also, you know, was, that wasn't a thing that happened a lot previously. Like, no, well, this is a really early example for that. Right. It happens all the time now. It was, hey, let's make a movie. And then when it's done. Happened to well, Ghostbusters. But that's not always true. It did happen to Ghostbusters. The only reason Ghostbusters got made was Col- Columbia again. You, Columbia. Columbia, <laughs> God damn it. Columbia. I should have seen Mike's face just now. He had like this moment of <laughs> yeah. like, like he had this. Columbia. Like, like peripatia. Like, whoa. But uh, yeah, they're the ones who, I guess, take the shot, I guess, because the only reason Ghostbusters got made was they were like, okay, that's weird. And we're not sure we get it, but we do have a hole in the schedule a year from now. Can you get it done in a year? If you can do it, if you can guarantee us a movie by that date, we will write you the check right now. And they all went, yep. And then they went, (laughs) fuck. (laughs) What's the worst that could happen? (laughs) Hey, well, Pirates Pirates of the Caribbean shouldn't have been any good. Yeah, Yeah, man. Sometimes it works. We did uh, Terminator movies, but aside from that, I don't think we've done any, any Arnold stuff at all. That's my knowledge. Anyway. Well, I keep begging you to do Predator. I still need to see Predator. And True Lies. That would be I a want start. To do True Lies. Yeah, True Lies is good. I like True Lies. I, I just have to... I, seeing Predator will help me on a different level, too, because I presently don't get Schwarzenegger, and maybe Predator will help me understand. Like, maybe it's amazing. Uh, and, Predator, it's like, it, and it's like, oh, that's why... That's and why it's also McTiernan, by the way, but... Yeah. Uh, but uh, Predator's not the one that'll Because that'll just imagine like living your life in the absence of the knowledge of why... Arnold Schwarzenegger was in a thousand movies. You came from a Jack Slater movie. Admit it. Exactly. <laughs> you live in a Schwarzenegger free universe. I do. And uh, I'm just like, every time I see him, I'm like, well, he's, he's got a weird sort of half charisma. He can't really speak English that well. The lines always seem kind of clunky. Like, it's just, I'm only seeing, like, you know, either Schwarzenegger honest, making fun of himself or, like, latter day Schwarzenegger making fun of himself. Right. A lot of it. Uh, I haven't I think, seen, like, you know, the, I haven't seen Conan. I haven't seen Predator. Oh, see Conan, and then Conan, yeah, oh, that's early stage uh, Schwarzenegger. But it's it's. I think there there is the fact that the the part where he can barely speak English, and it's like, but sort of within the world, it's like, but everyone just accepts it. Like no one points out that he's the only one with a crazy accent. Like everyone's just like, oh yeah, yeah. he's he's a cop just like us. And every, it's it's the same way movie, Sean, like, the same as Sean Connery. Sean yeah. Connery always has the same accent. Nobody goes, why is this dude Scottish for no reason? Yeah, yeah. especially in Highlander. Which was the best one? Well, he's because Egyptian. In Highlander, he's Egyptian, and then but he's immortal. So he's originally Egyptian, His but then Ramirez. he he went to Spain. So he spent a bunch of time in Spain, but he's got this thick Scottish accent. And it, the most baffling part is like it's part of the story that that it takes place in Scotland. Like yeah. why go through this circle that he can't possibly? And they even play. they even hang a lantern on it when Christopher Lambert, the French guy playing a Scot, explains. To him, what haggis is, yeah. and he says that's revolting. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh yeah. Here's the joke. He's he's looking around. Although although at the same time he's he's talking about oh I'm looking for the bad guy. It's like you're gonna catch him from up here. Yeah, I'm just gonna Oops. wander around till I bump into yeah. him. That's how you do it. But I, so it, here it works. So there's you can lift that entire scene. Just have him pull into the driveway and talk to Charles Dance. Just lose that entire scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, this that's, is that's another, three minutes out right there. This is another reaffirmation that it's different movie universes. Uh, not all one movie universe. This whole plot is, but what he just said in particular. Well, he's aware that other movies exist. Right. So he now accepts that that if you're able to pull from the movie he existed in, then you should be able to 
so so actually no that moment should have is indicating that he lives in a special a special you know unique little bubble universe. He lives in the weapon verse. Yeah, he well he lives in Jack Slater universe. He, he lives in the main character verse of the lethal weapon verse. Yeah. Yeah. of Jack Slater movies. Yeah, so yeah. he's invincible and he, and, and which makes Humphrey Bogart all the more baffling. Yeah, and the cartoon cat and the random teaming up buddies just by lottery thing. Like it's all they're all good jokes. They're all just uh, from a. This movie just needed to. It honestly, it just needed time. It needed so much more yeah. time in the writing yeah. stage. And again, I, I think I still, I still think Empire Magazine. I think it was you know maybe not McTiernan. I mean, McTiernan delivered the action when it was time to be an action movie. Clearly, he's the man for that job. Yeah. But as far as like nailing the humor of it and finding that 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 line of you know the 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 through line of what the jokes would be, this there's definitely a anything goes. Atmosphere. You need to. Yeah. Here. You yeah. needed to. It did need to pull more of a Galaxy Quest, being more actively aware of of right. the specific tropes and stuff. Well, like you know, he has to pick yeah. what it's doing. If he's gonna, or yeah, if he's gonna walk through the, you know, the the joke should be more like in the in the uh, police station. He's walking through and he's like talking to people and he's like. You know, he he talks to some some older cop or whatever. And it's he's like, oh, you know that guy? Yeah, we've been working together for like fifteen years. What's his name? What's his first name? <laughs> yeah, and he's like. It doesn't understand the. He's like, that's right, because he's not an important enough character to have one. So of course you he don't. Doesn't know have a first name. Yeah. You actually don't know him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all movies at once, and you should be glad that you don't know him because if you knew his first name, he'd probably get killed. But then it's like a matter of which one do you, which one appeals to you guys personally? Like, do you want to do the one where it's? I want the Galaxy Quest. Uh, the Galaxy Quest. That's, that's yeah. the better. That's that, the that means we lose movie. the we lose the fun uh, Cabin in the Woods Monsters Inky thing where it's like the you know vestibule of all movies. And, no, not once no. they come out. No, from movie. here, from here. On oh, out then the you movie. can. Well, then you can like Nightmare Before Christmas your way over to fucking Christmas Town. Exactly. And Halloween Town. That's the thing. Yeah. Right. It's like when they're when they're in his movie, the jokes all need to be. We are living in a world where Jack Slater is the center of the universe and nothing it's else like matters. It's like Truman Show, but real. Yeah, and everything he touches ex- turns to explosions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but once you leave now that Now, what world, happens if he then... goes into the third man? Does everything he touched turn into explosions then? Or does he just have this bravado but total inefficacy? <laughs> that's <laughs> now the you question. want to add another act to the movie. That's well, the, no, it's that's like I'm, I'm just, well, start, I'm just re- taking the premise and starting well, over. Well, yeah, if it turns into well, if it turns into like Monsters Inc. and they're like chasing each other, through, like all the different movies, like, worlds, yeah. yeah. Which, oh, uh, that's, what's that? Uh, uh, John I was Baker about movie. to say that. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. Okay. Which is also, I enjoy that movie. It's, I should rewatch it. It's so it's better than it. I mean, it's not great, but it's it's fun. Yeah. What's unfortunate is, unfortunately, the movie has made <laughs> most of its, its mistakes already because this sequence I think is pretty much gold. Yeah. Yeah. I think this this is what the movie should have been and just should have gotten here as fast as it could, because but this becomes so multi-meta that I just I love it. God, little Richard's terrifying. I, lo- I love that I'm pretty sure he has no idea what's going on, like in real life. <laughs> yeah, and he's just trying to make some shit up uh, because he's on camera. Yeah, they literally, a lot of these people are just doing what they do when they go to a premiere. And yeah. Just, you know, just, yeah, whatever. You talk to Army Archer for 10 seconds and you go and you sit down and you watch some crappy movie. Then <laughs> you eat shrimp. Yeah. And you're trying to, which apparently after this movie, that was, that was a really yeah, so sad, a really day. sad description yeah. <laughs> of the screening and everyone kind of went, Ugh, Oh yeah. Kind of a turd, but the buffet is nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I like the description of, yeah, nobody, nobody talks about the movie. Everybody knows. Yeah. Don't mention the movie at all. Just talk about the food. Wait a second. What, why is the bet? Why is everything coming here? 
Obviously, the reason is we want to have yeah, Arnold I, meet. I was going to bring this well, up. No, no, but no. Why does all the action come to the premiere? Because because uh, again, because the, Charles the, stance. The villain has is incredibly savvy and immediately understands. I can try to go head to head with with Jack Slater and try and shoot him, but if the rules still work, then I can't get to him. But if I kill the guy who plays him, who has no special movie protection, then he's is that gone. really his plan? Yeah, yeah. It's going to okay. kill the actual guy, so there can never be a Jack Slater anymore. I see. Uh, you know, and this is this does not belong in this movie. In fact, I, I, it's still kind of weird. I mean, it's an interesting thing to have Arnold in there. In fact, I saw that coming. I was like, I'll bet you this movie's going to do this. Um, but uh, I'm not so crazy about the idea itself. But it plays out really fun, so it's fun to watch. But uh, this may or may not should be in movie. The one I'm about to say absolutely should not be, but I do want to see the like looper like scene where it's Jack Slater just talking to Arnold Schwarzenegger over like a dining table. Just like, <laughs> wow. Uh, weird. Dude, seriously. Now here's a weird McTiernan trope. Rick Dukeman, who I believe in, um, Die Hard, I mistakenly referred to as Rick Overton, which is a different actor, but Rick Dukeman is in every McTiernan movie of this era. Rick Dukeman there playing the agent. Uh, who's he's also going. in Groundhog Day. Uh, well, yeah, he's, he's been on other things too, but for whatever reason, he's the he's the DW, DWP guy in Die Hard. I got the switch right here. I can cut it. I don't give two shits about your switch. He's that guy. He's the helicopter pilot in Red October. Oh, you talk about puke. I blew chunks all over the... He's, for whatever reason, he was McTiernan's little rabbit's foot. He's in every movie that McTiernan made in this entire decade. I don't know why. Dukeman's got pictures of McTiernan's mom or something. I don't know what it the should deal be on is. his business card. McTiernan's little rabbit foot. Yeah, but he's Rick Dukeman. You can count on Rick Dukeman to show up. Hey, just put that anywhere, pal. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so this is his. This is his. You know, keeping his health insurance for this movie. I oh guess. yeah, don't drive on the railroad tracks, yeah. uh, Phil. That's one I happen to agree with. Yeah. Now, the Ripper is legitimately freaking scary. There's Chevy yeah. Chase for one second. Chevy Chase and uh, uh, Wayne's there. Damon? Mom? Damon. Yeah, yeah, that's Damon. You sure it's Damon? Yeah. Yeah, it's Damon. And yeah, there's, there's He's my that favorite. dude. <laughs> I would never miss a Jack Slater movie. Who was so, that guy? It's Van Damme. John Club Van Damme. That guy was? Yeah. Oh, wow. You can tell he's a pretty short dude. <laughs> Teague, also came from, Teague also came from a Van Damme movie, apparently. I, yeah. I, I have seen Stallone in two movies as of yesterday. <laughs> like, I missed the whole 80s action thing. Fair enough. Like, I've, I've seen all around it, just none of those movies. Commando, well, Running which, Man. That's because uh, you were born in 1996. Speaking of, you know, well, yeah, but movies, movies. Like Star Wars and Indiana Jones and Chinatown and other movies back then. I just missed the whole, like, action thing. Arnold making, uh, speaking of, you know, uh, this, this movie is Arnold making fun of himself. Jean-Claude Van Damme making fun of himself in JCVD I keep meaning to is, see that. Am- Still need to is see that. amazing. Is, that is, is JVCD what this movie wanted to kind of be? No, because J- JCVD it's not meta isn't... Way. Well, it's it's meta in the there sense that <laughs> it's about... It's about Jean Claude Van Damme, the actor, and he just oh, okay. he just happens to be in a bank when it's like being robbed, and everyone's like, "What's what's he gonna do?" And he's like, "I'm gonna fucking sit here and wait for somebody to come save me because <laughs> I'm, I'm an actor, a dude." Nice. Okay. <laughs> he's wearing a costume, not a uniform. Shatner actually has a story like that that he tells in Free Enterprise in the movie, but which is apparently a true story of something that actually happened to him, where uh, it was something like he came across a burning building like you know some oh, building wow. was burning and somebody you know kirk captain run in and save my daughter or whoever and he was like oh, oh okay <laughs> and tried to do it <laughs> and he was like no wait this is a terrible bill. idea <laughs> i'm a comedy sidekick bill <laughs> oh there he goes that's that's such a peter quincy taggart thing 
look at this. I look at the scene like this, and even though the scene does work and it's really, but I look at it and go, "This is so expensive." Yeah. Look at all the extras <laughs> in this scene. Just the food for those people. Yeah. They're all wearing tuxes. Just the porta potties to. We're doing all these all these stunts that took you know it's like they're getting like two shots a day of this with all these stunts they're running. It's insane. Now this is a great, and there's amazing effects for the era. This this next effect shot, this right split here. right here, right here. Yeah. with a moving camera, amazing for the time. Really good, like interaction too. Like he really does feel like he's right there, but not overlapping. Yeah, which is a problem that happens all the time with those shots. Is that they're actually occupying the same place, but you just composite them like they're not, and it just feels like it's. Uh oh, now it's a flat problem. Uh, but that doesn't happen there. Although that kid, if I saw that kid, if that was the first thing I saw of him in this movie, and he gets off, and then he does that cool like, yep, adjust the jacket. Uh, I would think he was cool. That is pretty cool. <laughs> well, you can when you do your edits, you can you can cut around. I want to start the movie on that. It'll be like a Tarantino thing. <laughs> yeah, this this is the beginning of the movie. <laughs> like it's the most emotionally resonant thing in the whole story. So I'm going to cue it in so early. So many problems that's, by starting here. That uh, that's one of the great lines in this movie. Just from a from a like story and character pathos standpoint, I don't really like you. You brought me yeah. nothing but pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite line is the one we, we skipped over and I think we referenced earlier where, where Maria Shriver chews him out for plugging Planet yes. Hollywood you, and calls him you low forehead. Yeah. Like, ouch. <laughs> Damn. No wonder he was cheating on her. Oh, snap. Too soon? No, that's fine. Okay. I was really going to torpedo his presidential ambition. Mike is though. Schwarzenegger yeah, really. feelings commissioner. No, he's fine. Yes. We'll get to Demolition Man in a minute. And here's like, okay. And this is like, I'm really... Again, oh, movie, you had, you, you know, you're amazing because you, you pulled it out because I'm really invested here. It's like, okay, he's back to the same situation, but he's not Superman because he's in the real world. How's this going to resolve? Yeah, I'm actually yep, invested yep, in this totally, moment. Totally, yeah. You know, it's like this, this is working. This is whoever wrote this scene, you know, good, good yeah. for you. And even when he was Superman, it still didn't go well yeah, for the kid. He, even when he was <laughs> invincible. <laughs> so. They still killed his own kids. So I was like, you know, and the fact, that, the fact that Danny knows I am so screwed. Yeah. How did he survive that, last time? Who? The bad guy. He didn't. Yeah. The, no, the no. guy. Well, the guy. He kills you know, him, but he kills his kid he, first. Yeah. He, so right, he how is he alive right now? Because, because, because Charles Dance Charles with the Dance magic ticket went back him to from, an earlier scene from the movie. Charles oh. Dance went into Slater 3 and brought him back. Oh, cool. Before he was killed. Right on. So now there's so now there's time travel in this movie too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically, it's like you're frozen in time. You can you can go into any era. Presumably, Jack Slater doesn't age. Uh, not in the movies, I guess. But no, once he's well, out, unless I guess the movie calls for it. Yeah. Which it would now. Jack Slater yeah. Five would be twenty yeah. years later. If this was based on Die Hard, yes, he does age. Yeah. yeah. Just like well, like every Star Trek movie from Wrath of Khan on was about them being old. Yeah. And dealing with being old. <laughs> Just getting older. And dealing with what it means to have a very long friendship come to an end because you're old guys and the residents of that and how it's a very important thing yeah. to tell us. So to have all the time built up in that friendship exactly. for that to have any kind of emotional resonance. I've spent I, so many I, years investing in yeah. building that relationship and that's yeah. why you get a really emotional payoff. When hey, look, Sparks. <laughs> that's a great shot. <laughs> what are we that. talking about right now? <laughs> what movie are we talking about? I don't know. Super cool. Really pretty. So yeah, we're like we talked about. We're, we're this pairing like, this with Demolition Man. This is like Blade uh, Runner shit right here. Yeah. yeah, nobody, nobody stand in water. Basically, that's the yeah, that's the answer ever. too. If you're a villain, don't stand in. But gargoyles water. will always yeah. save your life. Apparently, yeah. the harness the kid was in for this gargoyle scene smothered yeah. him, and he passed out on set. Yeah, yeah. it was too wow. tight, and he couldn't breathe. And, the, and that goes well with the overall anecdotes, which were that. And they did not have time for the like four hour break they took to get the medical clearance to go like, yes, he's fine. Can we please start shooting again? So McTiernan was like, listen, man, 
If you're having a problem, it's cool to tell me. It's fine. You, you, it's, it's nothing is that serious. If your safety is in danger, I want to know. Also, don't do that. We're late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he basically, the story ends no. with like, but we're really in a hurry. Well, we he, didn't he have time for he that. He basically said, yeah, he's like, he's like, you tell us. If there's a problem, you tell us and we'll fix it. We cannot afford to stop shooting. Right. Yeah. That was we, it. We can't have you blacking out. Yeah. Don't do that. We only have time for you for you to get out of the harness. Mind, that's we John don't have time for you to go to the hospital. That's John McTiernan talking to a child. That's not James Cameron talking to fucking yeah Leo or to, yeah, pick him to his wife. Yeah, you know, not somebody who deserves the abuse. That was that's a very kind way to put it. I think he didn't he didn't fucking flip out on the kid. Apparently, he was just like, listen. It's cool. But you know he was having dial it in. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you know he was. You know he was boiling, like ratcheting yeah. it down. <laughs> but he was like, "Listen, it's cool. You didn't do anything wrong. But we before you, you die, tell us next you time. You can't let that so, happen." So in the in the in that swinging shot, right, that as Schwarzenegger is swinging, we see behind him the giant neon sign that says Acme. Even though this is the real world, supposedly. God damn it! So, what does that mean, everybody? It's Steve so, Reedy. Oh my god, so meta. Yeah. It's like Matrix Reloaded. They're in a movie within a movie, man. Honestly, yeah. like, okay, if say you're this kid and this whole thing happens to you, and then this situation happens uh-huh. when you're supposedly back in your own world. Yeah. He's like, wait. Would not, <laughs> would not yeah, wouldn't He's ruined for life. A natural thought be go, maybe I'm the middle level here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. He's Cobb. This is movieception. How many filmception? <laughs> how many levels does this Matrix have for heaven's sake? There's a um, there's a thing that I've, I've worked with a number of people who work with McTiernan on a variety of projects, and he's not the most cheerful guy uh, from all reports. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty tough customer. Um, you know, he did he did go to prison recently, so you know he's, he's tough. He's, he's you know he he makes these kind of movies for for a reason, and he's good at them. But uh, if you're on his bad side, it's where you don't want to be. And there's a um, there's a thing that some some uh, veterans refer to as the McTee freeze which is where he just looks at you and you just want to die. <laughs> you just feel yourself just wetting your pants. And he, he will do, apparently I've, I've had multiple people on multiple movies describe ticking him off and he just looks at you. Dude. And, and it's just, apparently it's just horrifying. Sounds like Tywin Lannister. Yeah. I thought it was bad when I was, I, I stood next to a PA as he got shouted at by Bay. I saw that happen up close. I was right in. I was. I was just barely outside yeah. the line of if fire. He, if he turned his head, I would have got splashed exactly. with exactly. wings. It's like it's like standing just to the left of where the sprinkler goes, so it never quite gets to you, but it's right there. I thought that was intense. John McTiernan, just like shooting lasers at you with his eyeballs. That's pretty scary. Although I've never been around Jim yelling at someone, so I've never seen what that's like up close. Well, I've survived a couple of those, and they're. <laughs> would you? Would you? Uh, right now, like, I'd if re- you had to walk out the door, I've never, get, I've never met McTiernan. I've never been well, in sure. the same room with him. But um, if you had to walk I out would, the door and pick either getting stared at by like the McTee stare, I would pick Cameron. I would I, from my, just from the description of the McTee like, freeze. I've known. I've been. I've been through that one. Exactly. I know I, know I can, can survive. survive. <laughs> I know I can survive a Cameron scream. I don't know from what I've heard. If I could deal with a McTee for this. <laughs> because I think the thing, because when camera's screaming at you, you just stand there and take it. When McTiernan's just staring at you, what do you do? Your heart stops. You just go, do I say something or do I walk away? I just have, I just have to stand here until this is over. It's got to be horrifying. I want to believe that Charles Dance is actually really cool in real life. 
I don't know why. I hope so. He's just, why? Because I don't... I someone totally want to hang with him. Yeah, someone who can play a villain like that, I'm like... I, I, but, but play a villain in a silly movie like this and still bring it like that. I'm like, oh, he's got to be so cool, and he yeah. just like gets it. These I mean, he's got a genre track. Right. I mean, he's he's in Game of Thrones. He's yeah. he's amazing. Game of Thrones. He's in Alien Three. He's in this. What Peter McNichols? What's he? What? He's the he's the little guy in. Um, oh, Janos. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, Dragon cool. Slayer. He's in Dragon Slayer and Ghostbusters Two. Yeah. There's some there's some cred there. He's and in the Mr. Bean movie. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Let me build. Now here we're like, now, this is, this is literally, this is literally, what are you doing, movie? Because you're exactly. like, where is this going? And you see him like coughing up blood into the mask, and it's just horrible. Yeah, he looks like, kind of like a deer in that shot. It's weird. It's like, wow, this is okay. Maybe, maybe one one thing they might have done because the death thing is a little confusing. Maybe like they slowly lose their movie powers the longer they stay in the. Room. It's like Pleasantville. It's like they slowly <laughs> assimilate, and it's like, oh, now he's just a person. That the which, magic has run out. Yeah, which could have had stakes because what's his name keeps going in and out of the movies, he keeps, and so he, he keeps. So yeah, he, yeah he, and there does he seem to be drawing movie yeah. man. They did, they did, you know, solve a little plot problem there where they did manage to chase him back, even though they didn't have a ticket because the portal was still working. Yeah, so you could sort of say there's a resi- you know like a residue that sort of will right. gradually fade Echoes. before the wormhole closes. You know. What should happen here is that I watched you, didn't I? And then immediately he crashes in the van. <laughs> just like crashes, smashes. This is one of um, uh, Mr. McKellen's. He'd done other movies, mostly British movies. He was completely unknown. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, look, Ian McKellen. It was like, oh, look, a guy like he looks just like death out of the Bergman movie. I'm also pretty sure that Ian McKellen was born at age 65, and yeah. he's been slowly living out like an 80-year life over the course like, of the last 20 years. He's like the guy who plays the emperor in Star Wars. Yes. Like, he's, <laughs> he's looked like that for 30 years. That still blows me away when I think about it, by the way. The Emperor is the same guy in the original trilogy and the prequels, and in the prequels, he's not wearing makeup. So they just picked a random 30-year-old dude and slathered him with all the goo on the planet to make him play the world's oldest man. And then 30 years later, it's like, holy shit, he's still the right age for the role. We called it. We totally called it. Exactly. It's like, who was thinking ahead like that? Put some black circles under his eyes. Let's shoot this. Oh, no, no. George was thinking like that ahead all along. No, he totally had a plan for that. He had a plan for Where was Chris Columbus when he was casting Richard Harris? The whole whole thing was going to rhyme. We should cast Michael Fassbender as Dumbledore and just make (laughs) him old. And just wait. No, see, there you go. There, there was your cook shot. There was your Red October cook shot. Ticket box. What? What, McTiernan? What are you trying to say? Oh, please. It's not that obvious. It's, it's, well, the cook shot isn't that obvious either. Yeah, yeah that's, what I'm, that's what I always say. And everybody's like, the cook shot, the cook well, shot. It's a, no, it's, it's just, just it's not just obvious. Just a line just, right. People just like to fillet Sean Black, Shane Black. So. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a good shot. Well, it's a, it's an obvious shot once you know that that's important. It's like, why yeah. would you hang on it like that? You in know, but, but he doesn't even hang on it. If he you actually no, if you actually watch it, it's a, and it's a series of the various. It's like reaction crew. shot, reaction shot. Yeah, reaction yeah shot. And it's, he's it's a guy who's watching the uh, the officers argue and he yeah. goes, "Whoa, that's weird." Yeah, I'm talking about the ticket box. Now, oh. obviously, <laughs> that it is Schwarzenegger. And that it is playing on Schwarzenegger movies is a central reason for the movie happening at all. Setting that aside, the role. If you could, you know, embody all the things that it's supposed to embody because of Schwarzenegger, but the role itself, you know who I think would be a really interesting Jack Slater slash Arnold Schwarzenegger? Uh, Hugh Jackman. I think Hugh Jackman could really sell this, maybe better than him. Obviously, you lose all of the the sort of cultural overture of having it be Schwarzenegger, but... I don't know. As, as a role, as a performance. Then we're, then we're saying that it was, uh, it was um, the director's fault that, that Van Helsing didn't work. 
because you're basically looking for what Van Helsing shouldn't have been, should have been, and wasn't either. Uh, I guess that's right. I also think Tom Cruise would be well connected. Great. Good job, Tom bro. Cruise. Tom Cruise could do it. Would totally be awesome. Tom Cruise could be. Tom Cruise could greenlight this remake. In fact, Tom Cruise could do the remake. Yeah, he, he's the only. He's about the only way you could greenlight a remake of this now, because he's still. He's one of the few action dudes from the '80s who's still doing action movies yeah. and still pulling it off. And it has that kind of cultural overhead. Exactly. That Schwarzenegger Where you, has. you would get. Oh, I see what they're doing here. Yeah. And has the chops to to pull it off. That actually, there you go, Tom Cruise. Seriously, Ian McKellen is trapped in time. There's a picture of him somewhere getting very old. It, it turned out that this was the penultimate action hero because we're now going to do a remake of this with with uh, Tom Cruise. Dude, the last action hero too. <laughs> Never ending they did story. The last, yeah, they did the, the last exorcism too. Yeah. Reminds so, me of like uh, even, Mike, even Mike, last year. Mike Furman has an album called "The Very Last Songs I Will Ever Write," Part One. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The last action hero too. <laughs> And that would be a good. That would fit right in with the trope of the movie. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see the last action hero too. Die hard, die hard again, <laughs> die hard again. Die. Okay, die. Die, die, die al- is really a final thing. That die happens. already. Yeah, yeah, die already. <laughs> Dude, it's really hard to make this die. Yeah. Exactly. It's really hard to make die hard already. Will you? Hardly dying. <laughs> dying hard or hardly dying. That's the next one. Can't hardly die. Right. <laughs> <laughs> dying yes. before sunrise, uh, before sunset. <laughs> Can't hardly die. I think is our winner. Look at Spielberg showed up for a second. Yeah, Spielberg's in there. Spielberg's in the house. Like it's yeah, the magic's taking over. How did Spielberg not get a cameo in this? Slater. <laughs> the first time, the first time he, I remember him doing a cameo was uh, Awesome Powers Three. That yeah, he doesn't. He's, well, he's, he's, he does a cameo in Blues Brothers, but uh, yeah, yeah, he does. Carrie Fisher is in Blues Brothers. Will Barrow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. in in Awesome Powers, the the opening of speaking Aretha of Tom Franklin's Cruise, Blues Brothers. Speaking of Tom yeah. Cruise, Tom Cruise is the opening of Awesome Powers Three. Oh, right, is right, right, right. Tom yes. Cruise as Austin. Yeah. Speaking of Tropic Thunder, because that's Shaboom. the thing, Tom Cruise would do that. Yeah. Tom Cruise yeah. would 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 get it. You know, he would he would do a movie like this and nail it. Yeah, exactly. Has Tom Cruise has Tom Cruise done something like that? Like he's he's obviously taken wildly well, not sad, a Tom Cruise. Sadly, I just saw Jack Reacher in which he did it unironically. Oh, <laughs> Jack Reacher is like wow, that's a. Totally textbook, yeah. completely uninteresting action movie. Jack Reacher. Wow. Jack Reacher is the movie that the magic ticket takes the kid into. That's yeah, the idea. Absolutely wow. is. So that is Jack Reacher two, reach around. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Reacher round two. That's the joke. Um, is uh, and, and just do the do Jack this. Reacher round two. That's funny. Yeah, just, and then just do this ticket switch on it. Yeah, yeah. Where he but has to go, okay, that was such a great movie. Like a, a comedy like that. Like he's obviously done less serious roles like Tropic Thunder and shit like that, where he's clearly he's playing off of this is a wildly cast Tom Cruise role. Watch me own it anyway. But has he ever done like a one of these kind of movies, like a genre savvy movie? I can't think of one, although it seems like it seems like there I'm he must have. One. He's made a thousand movies. I can't think of one. I need to go back and watch Collateral again. I think I liked Collateral. Yeah, Collateral. Is, Collateral's awesome. good. It's, it's not genre it's savvy awesome in any way. Oh no, I was just, just I was just reminded of Oh, awesome. you're like, I actually I just like Tom Cruise. I also want to watch Top I want to watch Top Gun. <laughs> apparently Ryan do you know if this is true that apparently at the actual Top Gun school there's like a rule where if you make a Top yeah. Gun joke you have to pay them five dollars <laughs> you can't you can't mention Top Gun although I it's like that episode good. of Community with the person who does like the clay class it's like anyone who makes a reference to Ghost is out nice uh, I will, although I will the, come at you 
The, uh, <laughs> that was that was his line. That's that uh, they cracked me up. <laughs> I will come at you with everything I've got. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> the the Top Gun school is based off of uh, Miramar, Miramar. Miramar Air Station out of San Diego. You which two is, yokels. Which is no longer no longer hold, holds the the Top Gun school. Yeah, now it's, it's the wine, all, now it's the Weinstein school. <laughs> Bridge too far? Do we see what I did? Is that two inside baseball? Hey! Boom! <laughs> Last action hero. So I don't know what that that like trivia is is referencing at this point. So, Rock of Ages? I didn't see it, but is he doing? Uh, he is pretty. I did see Rock of yeah, Ages eventually. Yeah, it is. It's he, he's doing. A com- it's a comedy role. It's not necessarily a meta role. Yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah. It's not. It's in no way meta. It's just. Holy shit! What is Tom Cruise doing? Yeah, <laughs> right. It's just like wow! I can't believe he's doing that. So yeah, so Slater is Tom- the one who gets the arc in this movie. Yeah, yeah. The kid doesn't. The mom doesn't. Yeah. The bad guy doesn't. No one. No one yeah. gets an arc. The movie got confused halfway through, and then Slater <laughs> took over. Like, wait, I see yeah. what's happening here. Let me just let me do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone's got to learn something here. Oh man. Yeah. I don't well, think- Nick gets an arc. <laughs> yeah. The old get, guy gets an arc. You get to be a magician after all. Actually, no, that didn't happen. But okay. We need to we need to get this movie over with somehow or other. So yeah, sure. Oh, and then that awful line. I think yeah. the magic was yours, Danny. The magic <laughs> was inside <laughs> you yeah. all. Yeah. Wait, along. <laughs> wait. Your heels together. <laughs> and see, that's the moment where where in a, a slightly You're more a savvy Danny. one, the kid goes, "What the hell does that mean?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I've I've been watching movies for a long time, and that shit never happened <laughs> until you gave me this fucking thing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the ticket. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> oh, Nick, I'm like a bad penny. I always turn up. <laughs> anyway, so last action hero. I swear to God, I want to phantom edit this thing. Like, I want to phantom edit it so hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, you've ever want, have you ever wanted to like just overwhelmingly wanted to punch someone? I have that feeling, like that amount of intensity and direction. To, I want to phantom edit this movie so hard. Uh, because there's a there's just nine there's nine good movies in here. We can make like nine good short films, and make it like four rooms or something. Like, <laughs> pay off every individual thing in its own universe, and the movies are all great. But when you put them all together, it's I, I still say coming apart at the seams. Like it's not it doesn't hold together that well. Yeah. Like it's likable as hell. It's just it it's just fucking baffling. And every choice that's made seems to either contradict or at least sit askew to a previous choice. And when you're trying to build a very particular sense of suspicion of disbelief and the alternate universe rules shit, it's really weird to not have a solid eye on the tone and what is and is not a joke and what is and is not being made fun of and by whom. Um, it's just kind of a weird movie and uh, it's I see where the money went. I I even see why they greenlit it. It's just it's one of those like there's not a lot of classic cases of um the modern blockbuster problem where we're going to throw all the money in the world at this idea. We're going to totally undercook it and just hope for the best. Nobody open your eyes, keep your eyes shut. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was this a lot of people do say this is kind of the end of just put Schwarzenegger in a thing and you got box office gold, baby. You know, and it's probably because this movie in so many ways didn't didn't not just that it didn't turn out to be what it was meant to be, but also maybe the audience wasn't quite ready for the self-deprecating, mocking Schwarzenegger. The, you know, the, again, America, we're not big on irony. We don't get it. You know, we think onion articles are real. So uh, <laughs> you know, it's perfect. The uh, you know, the 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 movie itself was a little ahead of its time. As oh, a concept. Frank Uriosta, you had one job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Editorial. Oh, 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 wow. <laughs> yeah. He was like, yeah. I don't know. Burn it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Have you tried this shrimp? It's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, Brian. Uh, <laughs> Flash action hero. Yeah. Um, I, I, think the, I think the core issue is that they didn't know whether they were making Spaceballs or Galaxy Quest. And had they and for kids or for action audiences. Yeah. And had they just had the time, because it's probably just a matter of the fact that they didn't have the time. Uh, had they had the time to figure that out, that key question, then we either would have had a perfectly fine, jokey, whatever, kids movie, or a really, really brilliant deconstruction of the action genre of Galaxy Quest. Yeah, but it's just the the realities of production didn't uh, didn't make it happen. So you walk away with it from you, know, you walk away with it with some like fun quotes and some funny scenes and good material and good material, but just not not within a good framework. Michael. Michael Dorkman Scott. Yeah, I mean, I've like I say, I've always enjoyed this movie. Although I have always found it a bit on the long side, particularly the whole Leo the fart sequence. That's that's the bit that I feel it really the pacing. Dragging. The pacing dies, for it, a and it's there. so weird because that's like the most action climactic part of the movie. But like, yeah, the pacing it just kills the pacing somehow. Just at, at that moment, because it's because you Screech don't have a sense halt. of why any of this is happening. Really, you know. Um, but uh, offset by the fact that it's doing one of the first things every now and then in that scene. A lot. Yeah. Uh, but overall, you know, like you say, I've, I have always liked this movie. But um, at this at the same time, I've never quite managed to I get my. <laughs> I've never quite managed to get myself to uh, pick it up on Blu-ray, even though mm. it's like eight bucks. I'm, I've, well, let's I, check with four. Four ninety nine. I'm always looking at it. Are there any going, special features? No. Because no. That's if why. There were, yeah. See, and if there were exactly. special features, I would totally go for it. Exactly. That's exactly. But I want to know behind the scenes of this one. Here you go, boss film. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. I look at it and I go, I like it, and it's cheap, and then I go, but it's just the movie, and it's, so yeah. there's no reason to. I'll just rent it if I really want to see Getting it that badly. But oh. um, yeah, I mean. Even even over the course of of this conversation, talking it out, I'm like, yeah, it's even more problematic than I really thought it was. But um, uh, Terrian Studios did the automobile, it's but it's also weird. but it's also closer than I kind of thought it was. All the pieces are kind of there, so it's oh, it's, it's not that you don't have a full X-wing in your box of Legos. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. just that it's, it's also there. in there with the pirate ship, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. the Millennium Falcon, uh-huh. and the water slide set. <laughs> That's that right. You don't know why you got that, and also some Duplos and like <laughs> it's, blocks. it's literally like it's literally like you give the kid the you know the the ultimate Lego set, and he builds all the models in one. Like, oh, yeah. that's interesting what you did there. Yeah, I can sort of see the X-wing. <laughs> yeah. I, like I can see there's a pirate ship over here. I like the legs. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what this movie is. Like, yeah. Wow, you, you use Murray, all the pieces. F. Murray Abraham gets second billing. Yeah, he's an Oscar Weird. winner. Yeah, sir. He was sir in that. He was already sir. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, see, tough has, Asian man. Hold on, They're like, Asian listen. Has he's anyone in there. checked to see if sir is just actually Ian McKellen's first name? <laughs> I think that's how it works it was when doctor. you're actually. Like you really? When you're nice, was it, that's like was the it thing. it's not an honorary. Like it's well, part. It is built into your name. Now. Well, you you have to say it, or you're an asshole. Basically, oh, yeah. once you once you yeah, get. you're an <laughs> asshole if you don't say sir <laughs> yeah. all the time. That's right, sir. But um, sir, but apparently, but apparently that uh, the um, the Asian guy that we pointed out, he's credited as tough Asian guy, and his first name is Professor. Yeah, uh, that's not the guy it. who was in the the truck. It, oh that's no, the, that's, that's the, the guy who looks like the guy from James Bond, but isn't. Oh, he him, right, 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 right. Never mind. He was in a couple of other. Well, his first name is Professor. So yeah. we have Sir and Professor. That, and that's, that's his professional name. He's not. He wasn't actually a Professor. He was like oh. a sumo wrestler yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I went to school his, with a kid named President. Stage name. We should have just got. If if only we got Mister T in here, we would have. I'm still I'm still standing by naming a kid Doctor. I think that's the most awesome name. Doctor Stokes would be a great name. Doctor Stokes. Doctor Finifter. Yeah, that's cool. Doctor is awesome. Yeah. You I call was, him Doc for short. Uh, 
<laughs> this live, is happening. Live and, a whole and, like shining kind of a thing going on. And then on. you What's subject up, him to yeah, a lifetime of. I need a woman in nine months. <laughs> we can or do nine this. women in one month. Nine women in one month. <laughs> We're doing it. Trey, how do you this feel? This is happening. Well, rap, rap, yeah, take us home here. God bless him for trying um, and and spending all that money and stuff. But uh, it's funny how you know, I've never, obviously, I've, I've watched it and get, yeah, it's just something's a little off, but you know, I haven't really broken it down. And it's really funny how it's it's kind of painfully obvious. You literally can go through and go, lose that, lose that, lose that, lose that, lose that, lose that, lose that. Awesome. You know, it's so clear what's what's wrong. I mean, it's 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 really it's kind of rare for us to have a movie where it's this clear what's wrong. Yeah. Where specifically down to the frame, you can go get rid of that, take that out, get rid of that, get rid of that. Boom, done. It did. It did remind me of when we did Explorers in terms of how crystal clear the, the, the act the, one perfect, act two perfect, act what just happened. Yeah. <laughs> like and now. Yeah, and never recovers. But the great thing about this movie is there is an ending. You just have to get to that ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah. ending totally lands. They, you just you, they, it's 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 the journey to get there that's the wrong. That's the problem. They take uh, a lot of you know they had to get a lot of licensing for all the movie references that get made. There were two Carol Co movies that were referenced in that just now, which means that Jim Cameron probably made himself a little bit of money off of Last Action Hero. Carol Co is not Jim Cameron, isn't it? No. Oh, he's uh, Lightstorm. Yeah. Coralco is actually how it's pronounced. Coralco, but isn't it on all those movies? Coralco wasn't it on Terminator? Well, they probably produced it, but oh, that's okay. not—that's before Lightstorm existed. Anyway, but last action hero. I love how apparently now we're on the the menu and it's taken us to <laughs> because they still do trailers. They got to put something on the disc because fuck it is twenty five gigs. They got to fill extras them up include somewhere. trailers. Extras include trailers for the Da Vinci Code extended cut and Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. <laughs> Columbia, if you like, this, I know you but, might like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you like this, we, you might like anything. Go home, <laughs> Go home, Netflix. You're drunk. <laughs> if you like this, we don't know what the hell you're into. Exactly. It's like if you if, if they did that on Cabin in the Woods, it'd just be like a list of all the horror movies that have yeah, ever happened. Why not? Anyway, so this has been what are you doing movie? Uh, and I think we answered the question. <laughs> well, I think we figured out what this one was. I want, I want to find out what I can do with this movie. I seriously want to phantom edit this like a motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, man, go for it. I might do it. I would uh, watch can, the. I would watch the. 100-minute version of this movie with great pleasure. Anyway, you can always find more episodes at friendsinyourhead.com. Go to the forum. Revolve yourself. Revolve yourself in the conversation. conversation. (laughs) Revolve wipe. Round and round. Like the whirly gig girl. That name I forgot twice in one commentary. Whirling Dervish. Dervish. Now I know it. Yay. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Wonderful uh, community, and it's getting bigger every day. People have been flooding in. It's been really cool. I don't uh, know if Whirling Dervish is a female. We need to look that up. We might. Oh, wow. Maybe not. I might just be like uh, amalgamizing Sally Field and also whatever. Uh, and also, uh, we're going to be on iTunes here in a second. Keep an eye out for that on friendsinyourhead.com, twitter.com slash friendsinyourhead, and facebook.com slash friendsinyourhead. It was going to be your head on Twitter, but there's only 16 characters, and friendsinyourhead is 18. So, anyway. Uh, and until next week, my name is T. Christie. That's the first time I've heard that. That's so sad. Yeah, friendsinyourhead. I, I thought about doing friends in your head. Well, no, I just mean the whole <laughs> yeah. spiel. It's, well, it's kind of it's kind of broken because I have to I, I have like constantly monitoring for like find and replace. Yeah, because you got the muscle memory of the old old. We only had we only had one month to get it together before we had to debut it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're still working. Oh, on doesn't that sound familiar? Sorry, I ru- I ruined the pacing of the whole thing. Uh, this is Brian Venter. <laughs> that was so appropriate for this movie. <laughs> Mike Scott. <laughs> Murray Josephson. Where's the <laughs> editorial consultant on this one? Anyway, thank you much for listening. Good night, good night. Murray Josephson. Murray Josephson. That's, I see, I, I feel your pain. I went to Wikipedia because you... I like, is Abraham Joseph? No, there's no, there's no connection between Joseph's son and Abraham. Abraham isn't, jo- what, what are you, what are you doing, movie? <laughs>
That's not even a joke. He said it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I told you it was a good title, Shark Brain, Shark Brain. Shark Brain. Shark Brain. Friendsinyourhead.com. <laughs>